Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And uh, welcome to a very special theatrical edition of Catching Up on Cinema. If you're not familiar with the show, uh, Catching Up on Cinema is a podcast wherein Kyle and I kind of take turns introducing one another to movies. Uh, Typically, the format will involve uh, one of us introducing a film to the other person, meaning one of us has seen it before and the other person seeing it for the first time. Uh, for a theatrical edition, though, um, Kyle and I actually get out to ye old cinema and watch something that's currently playing in cinemas. Uh, in this case, uh, we decided to watch Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, directed by Michael Doherty from uh, Legendary Pictures. So, if you've been listening to the show at all, uh, you may be aware that I'm a pretty big Godzilla fan. Um, there's a two and a half hour episode floating around out there wherein Kyle and I talked about um, both of the American Godzilla films of the time Uh, that would be Godzilla 1998 from Roland Emmerich and uh, Godzilla 2014 from is it Garrett Evans or Gareth Edwards I get those guys mixed up so badly because the one guy did the raid and the other guy did Godzilla but either way (laughs) yeah anyway uh, so it's funny, the, the hype train for this movie, um, I think you jumped on board before I did, which was really shocking. I did, uh, because I, I actually kind of like the Godzilla 2014, minus the kick-ass guy, whatever his name is. Um, don't Aaron, is it something Aaron, I feel Taylor like? Taylor Johnson. Taylor Johnson, yeah, close enough. So nice, uh, they named him thrice. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I liked that one. Uh, I thought the, the monsters were kind of cool. Uh, or at least Godzilla was cool, um, and I got excited for this one. I don't know why the the trailers were just working for me. Um, they did a good job marketing it for me, mm-hmm. uh, but from what I understand, people were complaining about this movie. Even even Steph said to me, she goes, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna go see Godzilla?" She's like, "I've heard that movie's just monsters fighting." I'm like, "That's that- kind of what Godzilla's supposed to be." So that's actually a good thing if you're going to Godzilla for that, and if you're expecting. I guess if you're not used to the Godzilla format, this mm-hmm. might not be the movie for you. Well, actually, it's kind of funny, and it's not fair, actually, from a critical standpoint, from like a critical analytical standpoint, it's not fucking fair. Because uh, almost every complaint someone can issue about this film can be countered with the fact that, you know, that is actually the Godzilla formula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, in my case, I've, I'm a lifelong fan. I've seen all of them. I own almost all of them. I adore Godzilla he was like aside from maybe Optimus Prime maybe like the earliest hero figure in my life um and the sad fact of the matter is yeah you know most Godzilla movies aren't that good and pretty much every sore spot in this film in particular is actually like par for the course for a Godzilla movie (laughs) so it's like if you if you're bitching about it now you're you're not acknowledging you know the sins of the past it's like you know you actually have been choking this shit down for decades you just you're just refusing to acknowledge that it's like Mm. no actually it's always been that way (laughs) but yeah the the promotion for this movie i was actually kind of i was kind of cagey about it i was a little lukewarm about this movie until pretty much right up until the release where i something gave in and i was just like you know what it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It's Godzilla. Like, you know, I, I can listen to... I can tap into my inner child. I can enjoy that. And for the most part, I did. Which, I mean, we'll get to the details of that. But, yeah, something about the marketing for this was not doing it for me. Gotcha. Uh, I think it was maybe too enigmatic to begin with. 
like didn't they i think they had a it wasn't swan lake but it was some classical piece of music um and it everything was very grand and epic and it, it was a bunch of money shots and then like some really intense imagery of like you know the girl from stranger things uh, i can't remember her name off the top of my head but 11 her, or bobby joe she's got something. one of those names where billy it's like bob. millie bobby brown yeah, yeah, <laughs> millie bobby brown i'm gonna say it five different ways this episode so but yeah uh the marketing didn't really do it for me but at, at some point i gave in um but yeah, uh, if you're not aware, this is a sequel. Uh, see, Legendary Pictures, who owns the rights to Pacific Rim, uh, King Kong, well, the current film rights anyway, I, th- I think there may still be some involvement from Universal, I'm not sure. Traditionally, they owned King Kong uh, and Godzilla and all the other creatures therein. Uh, so since Godzilla 2014, the big push has been for legendary pictures to do something they've been, they've dubbed the uh, the monster verse so ever since godzilla 2014 you know made a shit ton of money the idea has been okay we're gonna take king kong and godzilla and set them on a collision course with each other but in the meantime we're gonna have a sequel to godzilla called godzilla king of the monsters uh, directed by that guy who did krampus and uh trick oh, or treat i didn't realize um, that was the krampus guy yeah actually that was kind of a funny thing that you you had me watch Krampus and that was like that was like a test run for me just like does this guy can this guy do Godzilla justice because I think it was around the time we reviewed Krampus that it was announced he was going to mm. be doing King of the Monsters um, but yeah this is a sequel and it's it's meant I guess to lay the foundation for uh, the, the Kong from Kong Skull Island uh, to collide with the Godzilla from Godzilla of 2014 um so Kyle, um, I'm gonna need your help with some of like the finer details of the plot because there's I I remember the movie in its entirety, but the sequencing of things might be an issue for me because no it has it has been about a week since I saw it. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get this one recorded soon. Uh, I saw it last night on a surprise. I bought my tickets for a Wednesday evening at 7:30, and when I bought my tickets like four hours before, nobody was in the theater. When I got there. <laughs> Like, it filled up, surprisingly. So people are still going to see this movie. It still might make its money. It just might not bang it out at the, the opening weekend. Well, actually, that's what's been funny, is everything I've been seeing about the movie is that um, apparently there's cause for concern. Uh, it's not doing as well as the studio was hoping. Um, like you said, it might make its money up later on, um, down the line, DVD sales maybe, but apparently... For reasons that have not been disclosed, Godzilla vs. King Kong has been pushed back a little bit. Ooh. Um, probably due to financial concerns where it's like, is this as hot as we're hoping? Like, is is this going to be WrestleMania? It's like, or should we, <laughs> sh- should we like hold off on signing The Rock to another contract? Because that's going to cost some money. <laughs> well, like, let's I, hold back for a year. <laughs> I, I think maybe if this had been the only blockbuster this year, like if this oh. had been the big one, it would have, I think it would have rolled in the dough. Like it just it's been a it crowded summer. It has been a crowded summer, to say the least. Avengers Endgame, we have, I mean, Game, Game of Thrones has nothing to do with the box office, but we've had the finale of Game of Thrones. We also had Avengers come out. Like, John those, you Wick. Got John Wick. Like, this is a tough, this would be a tough summer to be competing, and I think Godzilla just got in at the wrong time. Uh, if it Maybe if it had been released next year, but I think you're, go- you're constantly going to be going up against Marvel movies. They're still going to be pumping shit out every summer. Um, 
it just might have been bad timing. Maybe this would have been a good uh, Christmassy, like if they had pushed it a little bit more towards things. Nope, Star Wars. Never mind. <laughs> nope. Not a chance. Not yeah. a chance. It, I think it's it always going to be something. <laughs> I think it was just bad timing. Well, we looked at the. I looked at the box office in like what 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that was the year. If you take a look at that year, whatever year the Nutty Professor came out and the Frightener, like the Frighteners didn't do well in the theaters, but it went up against every good movie from the 90s that year apparently yeah but, it's uh, like I, it's like coming out in 1987 or something good good fucking luck <laughs> or 1984 like yeah. 1984 was a huge year uh yeah. but real quick i want to say at the top um the new batista movie looks kind of funny i'm not going to see it in the theater but i'll eventually watch it because it looked oh, is that stuber yeah, Stuber, Stuber, something, Stuber, something <laughs> oh, like that. Actually, yeah, um, it does look like a lot of fun, and looks uh, like a fun one. I I even have even more reasons to see it now because Iko uh, Uwais, uh, the lead from the Raid films, uh, he, he, as you saw him in Man of Tai Chi, is <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> the greatest of roles, wherein he threw a couple punches and excused himself from the battlefield. Um, he's apparently he apparently has a role in it. And uh, that's kind of exciting, you know. Well, I knew, as a, soon as I saw Dave Batista, I'm like, well, Trevor's gonna buy that. That'll probably. be Blu-ray. <laughs> also, the um, I haven't seen. I'm gonna probably watch it after we get finished. I'm gonna watch the the It remake oh. because the new It, they got me with that opening scene. I thought it was an M Night Shyamalan movie at first. Oh, but the you, the old lady going. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, this is creepy. But I'm afraid they might have put their their, you know. Their best one in there, but man, I just every time I see Jessica Chastain, she just oh, she's just so pretty. Every time <laughs> she just fills the screen, I'm like, wow, just lovely. Well, maybe you should go see Dark Phoenix then. No, um, so <laughs> no, I'm all right. <laughs> so I I definitely took notes in the theater last night. There, some of them I kind of have to piece together because uh, okay. I I was writing in the dark and i feel like the dude next to me was judging me because he was there with a with a friend a much older gentleman and i'm like i've got my book out he kind of like looked over like this guy what's he taking notes for what are you what are you doing what are you doing with those notes <laughs> um so yeah i actually have the plot synopsis next to me okay. as well it kind of we can i can try time. to so refer to I'm, that. I'm glad somebody has something to reference so uh, right off the bat if i remember correctly uh this movie I don't know if the producers were taking notes or if there was like a public backlash to the structure of Godzilla 2014, which I'm going to call back to quite a bit because that movie, the more time passes, like the further we get away from Godzilla 2014, I think the more I appreciate it. Um, I mean, I liked it when I saw it in the theater. I think I like it even more now because yeah. a lot of, largely because of the things it doesn't do. It's a very unique movie, at least in terms of, like, Godzilla movies for the most part. Um, And I've said it many, many times before. Godzilla 2014 is, it feels more like a Gamera movie than a Godzilla Mm -hmm. movie in so many ways. And this movie feels more like a Godzilla movie. Um, But the reason why I mentioned the producers and, like, public backlash is the fact that one of the most common criticisms of Godzilla 2014 is the fact that he's not in it much. He's not uh, in and, it this much. And he doesn't either. appear in Ernst until like halfway through the movie, which, again, if you've seen a Godzilla movie, is usually how it's done. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, Godzilla King of the Monsters, he's in the first couple shots of the movie. Well, um, actually, we start off, I mean, you, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I've seen of Godzilla and Gamera, 
uh, I've noticed that we actually start with what I've um, uh, Godzilla versus uh, Mika God, uh, Mecha Godzilla, yeah. which is we do a recap of what happened in the last movie. They do that here somewhat. I mean, it's it's yes. yeah. And I I as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, they're actually going to kind of structure this like like a Godzilla movie. We um, get a, it's so so the go Godz- the ter- the terror of Mecha Godzilla movie that you're talking about is it is kind of an oddity among Godzilla movies. Um, they don't usually start like that? No. Um, oh, okay. Most of the old Godzilla movies had no continuity. It was just accepted that the first movie happened, and then Godzilla just exists in the world, and whenever bad monsters show up, he just shows up. Because. Now, within um, the Godzilla... with Sorry to interrupt you, but within um, the Godzilla um, crowd, the niche Godzilla crowd... Is mm-hmm. Terror of Mika Godzilla considered to be one of the best ones, or is that just your personal preference? I don't know that it's considered one of the best ones. I think it actually made the least money out of all really? of them. Uh, but it came out in 1975 when the Japanese film industry was kind of suffering all around. Like everybody oh, okay. was slashing budgets left and right. Um, to me, it's a special movie because it's like one of the first ones I saw, and and forevermore, it's the one I'll probably love the most. Also, it's directed by the original Godzilla director Yoshiro Honda. Okay. Who, so he, the guy who started the franchise came back, and it was kind of a big deal. But n- I don't know if it's highly regarded among most fan circles. I'm just saying, like, if I was to explain to somebody who has no concept of Batman, or, like, they're just getting introduced to Batman movies, and they're like, oh, I watched this uh, this latest one with Ben Affleck. I'm like, okay, well, that's not actually a good Batman movie. If you want to go back, you gotta, I mean, they have the TV show, we have the, the TV show movie. Um, if I was to show somebody, like, a Schumacher movie, and they were to do a Batman now, and they start it like a Schumacher, where they do the butt cheeks, the pecs. You know how they do the suit. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like if like, oh, that's interesting. Like they're starting it like a Schumacher Batman film. I okay. wasn't sure if that if there was like the Mecha no. Godzilla was okay. Like, no, I I don't think Terror of Mecha Godzilla fills that role very well uh, okay. because it. I mean, among the the it's called the Showa era. So 1954 to 1975, um, early Godzilla movies. Among that era of Godzilla films, it's kind of unique in that it's the only one with boobs. (laughs) And there's, you know, a couple instances of bloodletting. So it's a little darker, a little bit more intense than some of the other ones. Because, like, in the 1960s, Godzilla was friend to all children Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But by 1975, it's like, yeah, let's darken them up a bit. Um Usually, like the the movie that this movie references very, like very earnestly, like very upfront is a. In the American title is Ghidorah, uh, the three headed dragon or three headed oh. monster, um, which features all the major monsters in in this. Oh, film. Okay, does that start uh, with a flashback or does that just bring us into a regular no, Godzilla? No, no, most okay. most Godzilla movies do not do the Rocky thing and recap okay. what happened before. I wasn't sure if there were more. Um, if there that was another became one a that thing, did. that became a thing in the Heisei era, which is nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety five, where so every single common. movie. If from 1989 to 1995, okay. all okay. of those movies had continuity between each other. Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so this this movie does, like you said, the recap. Uh, so we actually start out in San Francisco, in the wreckage of San Francisco, and it looks like Godzilla's about to take his big spill, uh, which happened at the, at the end of 
mm-hmm. all the fighting in 2014. So it's not quite, not quite morning, not quite night. It's like the early, early hours of the day or something. That's like bombed out San Francisco. I mean, three monsters have just torn the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, and a nuclear device probably is about to go off in an hour or so. <laughs> or in a few minutes here. Um, and I think this is where we see the family. Uh, yeah. We got, I was calling him Baseball Dad. The, oh, <laughs> the Kyle enti- Chandler. Yeah, the entire movie I was calling him Baseball Dad because he just he just seems like ordinary white American guy. I don't like him in this movie. I like him in things. He, I do not like him in this movie. See, he has that like prototypical or stereotypical just American look about him, and he he's not a bad actor. But what was really tickling me the whole time I was watching the movie is the fact that he's in the Peter Jackson King Kong mm-hmm. as a like a phony Hollywood actor type guy, and I kept yeah. projecting that onto him. I was like, "When's the other shoe going to drop? When are we going to learn that he's like a big puss or something?" See <laughs> this. <sighs> Um, well, I was gonna say, I would say treat. He feels like um, like a treat Williams that doesn't have his feet up on the desk. Like uh, treat Williams would have been a little too devil may care, but that's who I think could have embodied this role a little bit better. You know, I would have loved to have seen treat Williams in right? this role. Like would've he would have done it. I would have liked him. He <laughs> might be a little too old now. He's he's a little bit older. I don't. I think he'd be a bit old for this one. But that's who this guy felt like to me. I'm like he just feels like a really nice, good guy. Uh, but I just Kyle Chandler in this movie. I just don't feel like he's. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> he just, he's kind of a jerk in it for half of the time, and then the other half of the time, I'm like, why is everybody listening to him? Like, why is he calling the shots? Like and everybody, he's, he's the guy that ran off to hang out with the wolves while everybody else was doing their jobs. <laughs> military people are all doing their thing. The family, or aside from Eleven, Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler, and Charles Dance. I'm gonna we're gonna discuss because yeah. my main, I'll just say at the top my main problems with this movie. I thought it would. I had a lot of fun watching it. It kept my attention. I didn't check my watch, which is good in mm-hmm. a long movie. And my main problem was with some of the character motivations. Um, I'm not. And I'll say at the top here, I'm I'm not gonna pick apart like uh this doesn't make any sense. Uh, there was a fucking bird in a volcano. We're not gonna be messing <laughs> with timing in this movie. Thank you, Kyle. We're it just set that aside. Yeah, you're you're doing it right. Um, so Kyle Chandler, uh, I didn't know his name. Like I said, I was no, calling no. him Baseball Dad the whole time. Yeah. Um, he and Vera Farmiga, I I think he was cradling uh, baby Mo- Bobby Billy Brown. <laughs> Bobby Billy, Bobby Billy Brown, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown, yeah, uh, some some other small actress that was. You can just her. say Stranger Things. Yeah, sure, that's fine. he was cradling Stranger Things, who wasn't played by Stranger Things at the time because he's supposed to be younger. Yeah. Um, he's calling out for a boy. Like I forget the name that he's using, but it's dead kid. Like, he's just dead. Dead kid. Dead kid. Dead kid. He's calling out for his child, and it's pretty obvious. Uh, he's probably under Godzilla's foot or something. Yes. And we get like a shot of like not a burning sky, but you know, there's a lot of smoke in the air. It's not a friendly atmosphere, and we like tilt up to see Godzilla like passing by them. Kind of casually. He's like, well, I didn't do it. <laughs> it was those other monsters that I'd done killed. But, um, oh, no. What was really interesting about this is, like, from minute one, it's like, I know what you're doing. Um, so this this is, a, this is a familiar thing in these kinds of movies. But funny enough, not a thing that's terribly familiar to Godzilla movies. Uh, like the 
Ahab and Moby Dick kind of relationship mm-hmm. with the monster. See, so Godzilla and funny enough, Terror of Mechagodzilla, like they had that situation where Doctor Mafune had his daughter, and they had this antag. They had a monster under their control. So that's something that will enter into the picture later. But <clears throat> in the Godzilla 1989, Godzilla versus Biorante, uh there was a character who was killed, and he was the most likable character. Like I liked him even as a kid. I was like, I just like this guy. And by the time we get to 1994, they actually did a callback to that, where a character was introduced who was friendly with that guy and was pursuing Godzilla actively, like trying to hunt him down and kill him in like a Moby Dick kind of way. And to my knowledge, that's one of the only instances that's ever happened in a Godzilla movie, where there was a character who had had some sort of like vengeance in their heart and was chasing this monster. Um, Gamera, though, uh, Gamera 3 uh, actually has this opening where there's a little girl and we uh, the opening is shot in black and white and they splice in footage from the Gamera movie that you saw mm-hmm. in the 1995 one or 96 or whatever. Anyway, uh, they splice in footage from that movie into the new one, but they shoot it in black and white and we get to see like footage of him and the other monster like fighting in the city and then she's in a car when her parents are up in the apartment and we get to see Gamera like smash into the building that her parents are still in which sets up this relationship between her and Gamera for the rest of the movie where it's like this is why she doesn't like the big turtle because her parents died because in trying to save the entire fucking planet Gamera accidentally killed her parents um so it sets up this relationship that's very, very, very similar to the one that I presumed Vera Farmiga was going to have with Godzilla, but it takes a turn that makes no goddamn sense. Because uh, no, I was expecting um, her—I was expecting her and Kyle Chandler to like want Godzilla's guts, like we're going to kill this fucker. But it doesn't go that way at all. <laughs> no, uh, it's very odd. Um, I guess we could jump into the plot here. Uh, yeah. So. What do we, what do, do we have ha- breakfast here? <laughs> yeah, we have breakfast here. Um, just, <laughs> uh, uh, Eleven is making some breakfast, and she's emailing her dad. We we kind of piece together that uh, she's staying with her mom. Dad's off doing other things. Um, she's about to say something to her dad, like, I'm worried about mom. She's blah. She <laughs> There's something wrong with her. Uh, little Eleven burns the bacon, and... Mom, mom is kind of suspicious when she puts the the laptop down real quick. She didn't send the email. She doesn't want her mom to see it, of course. And there's like, there's some hesitation. She can tell that she was hiding something. And uh, I had a note here that says Eleven is too young for coffee. Uh, she's way too young for coffee. And she's like, would you, would you like some coffee, mom? She made the coffee and the eggs and stuff. And uh, she even calls her on her bullshit, which was funny. She's like, mm-hmm. what were you looking at? Oh, recipes. She's like, for toast. I'm like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they just have an exchange, and then a fucking there's a big loud rumbling in the uh, in the house, and then we learn that oh they're not in like Boston or like some city, they're in like fucking China, China. <laughs> yeah, we're in China. They're in China, wow. and they're like they're looking back into like Jurassic Park from their from their window. Yeah, basically. they're they're in Jurassic Park, but there's a big pyramid in Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, and it's some it's in some region in China. I want to say it's like Hunan or something. And yeah, uh, she took her kid to Jurassic Park with a pyramid. She has no clearance. Absolutely, she cannot. <laughs> 
it's one thing if she stays in the house, but she takes her into the fucking lab. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> just walks like she's getting the... She's, she's got a nerd next to her. The nerd's like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's vitals or whatever. It's probably going to erupt here soon, maybe. And uh, she has this device, um, and it's very important to the plot of this movie, kind of. Um, it's called the Orca device. Now, what they've... Uh, I'll go ahead and just spoil it at the top. What they've managed to do with this device is it's a way to control... Or communicate with these creatures, with the monsters, and yeah. um, they have a they have a monster <laughs> behind the glass that's about ready to bust out. What what is this monster, Trevor? I know what it is, but <laughs> well, uh, that would be a cocoon that houses Mothra. Yeah. Um, and by the way, this entire plot of trying to control the monsters is very very reminiscent of Monster Zero, uh, which. Again, featured all the same major monsters that are in this film, including Ghidorah, uh, except for the people controlling the the monsters were aliens, and they were they had the raddest costumes you'll ever see. In fact, uh, you might want to look it up at some point. I think I have an an, I think I have an analogy for when we do a Godzilla episode. There's mm. a scene in the Lost World Jurassic Park where Jillian Moore falls onto glass, and she's standing on the glass. And every step she takes, it cracks more and more and more. <laughs> so anytime we do a Godzilla episode, it's just you walking on that on that glass. And I'm Malcolm. <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, <stop. laughs> Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> like quit move, quit moving on the glass. Sarah um, Harding, Sarah Harding. How many Sarahs think are on this island? <laughs> I have to say, I, I want to have, I want to be the nerd. I want to be the nerd. In the in the room with the computer monitoring this stuff because this whole movie and I think the reason why I like watching the 1998 Godzilla is because there's just people in a room trying to monitor and figure stuff out. I'm like I fucking love that. It looks like so much fun. Stressful, oh, yeah. but, but fun. no. I mean that that's like part of the secret genius of like small things and like the Avengers when Robert Downey Jr. points at the guy and says that man is playing Galaga because <laughs> honestly it's like you can't all be that busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, have how many uh, Bourne movies have you seen? I've seen zero. Okay, well, uh, if you ever get around to watching them, like, try to project your emotional, like, try to project your empathy onto the people doing those jobs. Because holy shit, all the agents that are, like, jerking them around and making them do shit are just have no respect for them as human beings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta get like, shit done. I don't like have time Alicia to Vikander you. in the most recent one, she's just yelling at people, like, throwing orders all over the place. It's like, slow the fuck down, woman. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I can only type 150 words per minute. Jesus, I'm fuck. I'm throwing them. Somebody better catch them. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Mothra. Mothra yeah. is uh, busting out of her cocoon. and um, It's funny you say her, because... Uh, I could be remembering this wrong, but in the Japanese films, like because of the way the language is structured, uh, it's it's not really explicitly gendered, like the mm. the moth. Like you, it's kind of coded female, but especially in like the later ones when there's no eggs or larvae involved, it's it's kind of just like it could be a him or a her. It's not really clear. But in this one, it's like they say her. <laughs> they do okay I it's would. like mothra is the queen of the monsters it is explicitly stated i wasn't trying to assume her gender I'm no just no I, that's I, I, it... I just needed to throw that out there because i i distinctly recall instances in watching the older movies when i was younger where it's just like they never actually throw a label on it 
I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you right before we get we get uh, going uh, onto Godzilla. I'm sorry. Yep. I was watching I was watching Broad's uh, Broad City, and there's an episode where Janine Garofalo is a reoccurring character. She's a veterinarian, mm-hmm. and uh, she they have to go find uh, Abby. And Janine Garofalo says, "All right, come on, bring your uh, uh, bring your dog. What's his name?" And she's like, "It's a she." She's like, "Oh, it's a." She says, like, "It's a girl." Like, "Oh, well, we'll treat her different then." And it's it's such a good no it's it's a good response to people who are like this is my dog oh what's uh, what's his name uh, it's a her and like it's like what the fuck does it, it doesn't matter? fucking matter <laughs> it's uh, a dog like, oh, oh now we know the girl we'll treat her different now it's such a good joke but that made me think that is yeah, Mothra good. it no. it's it's really good um, so yeah, yeah. That, I don't really know what happens here exactly uh, Mothra's kind of scared she's like <laughs> making noises <laughs> of people well, uh, the this. This entire scene, actually, uh, from from the first moment we walk into the lab. So when, when Science Man is yelling at Vera Farmiga, like, throwing statistics at her and saying, oh, it's activities through the roof. Like, from that instant forward, well, actually, maybe even before that, if I remember right, when we're, when we're uh, having breakfast, there was, like, news reports or something, just exposition dump, like, explaining, yeah. explaining to the audience... That since Godzilla 2014, uh, monster activity has been just going through the roof. Like monster, like over, monsters yeah. are invading the earth, basically, from within. Um, or they're so locating that, that was, them. Yeah, that was a really important detail to throw out there. That this is the environment we live in now. Is that monsters yeah, are real and everybody lives in fear of them. Correct. Um, but yeah, from the minute we get to the lab, I. I sensed the the stylistic difference that we are going to get with this movie because Godzilla 2014 is a very subdued, very measured, almost like artsy film in a lot of ways. This one and a lot of the the shots and the lighting and the and especially the color palette are very carefully considered and like it's kind of actually admirable like how much attention and detail was put into the human scenes in Godzilla 2014. Like they gave a shit about making every shot look good. Uh, this one, the human scenes are kind of lazy. Yeah, they're yeah. rushed. Yeah, and this one is like, oh, that's what we're doing? <laughs> but yeah, we, we go into the, the egg chamber, I guess, and in stark contrast to when the Muto hatched in Godzilla 2014, where it's this like 10-minute long set piece where it's very tense. You have major characters dying in that sequence. It's It's very dark and atmospheric. This one's just like, we got to go. Like it's, yeah. it's like we got a whole lot of movie and like four or five other monsters we got to throw at these people, so we got to go. That. Yeah, and so Mothra breaks out right quick, but then remains oddly stationary for like the next five minutes. It just kind of like thrashes in place. It feels like a video game boss, where it's like yeah, shackled to that. the floor, yeah. where it's like not. It's just kind of wiggling. <laughs> it's just like remaining perfectly still, but it's like upper half is wiggling. Yeah, but yeah, uh, they do some interesting stuff where. Well, I don't know if it's interesting or lazy, but it looks nice. Um, color coding, they do some Ninja Turtle shit in this movie where every monster is color coded. So this would be the Leonardo, I guess, of, of the monsters because Mothra is very aqua, like very blue-green. Very much, yeah. And yeah, Mothra turns red when she's agitated. Uh, there's a bunch of guys standing on like a gantry surrounding her and they have like tasers and she starts puking up her uh, her her silk or her cocoon material that's tradition mothra always does that it's like her one weapon when she's in a larva that and biting godzilla's tail <laughs> um but 
when she calms down, uh, which happens because uh, what? Mom and mom and daughter team up to turn on the device or something. Yeah, yeah. Vera Farmiga runs directly in front of Mothra into harm's way and turns on the device. It doesn't quite work until uh, Millie Bobber Brown uh, runs out there and like slaps it or something and makes it work right. And then Mothra turns a, a calm, soothing blue green. <laughs> yeah, and and we get the trailer shot of Millie Bobber Brown. Uh, like one of them. She's in. Pe- she's in pe- several pe- trailer there, shots. That's actually one thing that started to irritate me about this movie is there are too many trailer shots. I don't know mm-hmm. how many instances we get of uh, pick your monster stretching out their wings with like dramatic backlighting. Like I don't know how many times we got that exact same shot, but it looks cool every time. But not when you all not when it's all in the same movie. <laughs> anyway, Millie Bobby Brown pets Mothra. And then where do we go from there, Kyle? Uh, yeah, as they're doing this, uh, I this is when I was engaged with. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> fucking, fucking mercenaries just come in there and start killing these nerds. I mean, they're fucking boom, boom. And uh, in comes. I didn't even know he was going to be in the movie, so I definitely perked up. Uh, Charles, I just shot a man dance, and he's literally, he comes up, there's one nerd left, and he comes up and pops him in the back of the head, breaks the glass, and it, he literally could have just been, hello, I have just shot a man. <laughs> he <laughs> could have done it. I don't even care. Is <laughs> anybody gonna call the police? Um, <laughs> so yeah, he just shoots, and they're like, what the fuck is this about? Like, who, yeah. what's Charles Dance doing here? Um, and and then we just cut away, I believe. We cut away to uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, he's doing some... He's, he's wolfing. Yeah, he's wolfing. He's uh, photographing some wolves who are uh, eating some sort of carcass, and he's, like, yeah. jizzing his pants. Seriously, the, he is oh, beating yeah. it. Yeah, he, he is, is beating, beating off to the sounds of these wolves oh, eating. Oh, <laughs> and then uh, we get the John Rambo moment. Yep, where, uh, like a, a VTOL, like a Osprey type thing, drops right you in can, front of him. You can tell how serious shit is by how big the helicopter is, and when this one comes into frame, you're like, "Oh, this is serious. This is really bad." Uh, <laughs> if a if a fucking news chopper come news copter comes in, I'm like, "What the fuck is this about?" They're just probably out of gas or something. But this thing is like, this lands on it carriers. This is a big deal. Like, um, so yeah, they come in and they explain to him in the field. Uh, that his wife and daughter, ex-wife and daughter, well, they might be separated. Um, his wife and daughter have been taken by uh, a villain, and they don't know where they're at. They have no idea where they could possibly be. And uh, we get, he he goes with them, like, we need you to help us find them. Uh, you're the only one that knows about the, the orca machine that she has, the, the orca thing. So he's like, all right, fine, I'll come with you. Um one question: Why is he whispering at the book end of this, like book ends of this movie? In the first part of this movie, he's just whisper talking, not like not talking in a soft voice. He's he's literally just talking. He, he whispers for quite a while in this movie. Then he starts to talk throughout the rest of the movie, and then he ends the movie whispering. I don't, it was driving me nuts. I even remember, like, why is he whispering? It's not talking soft, whispering. Maybe he blew out his lungs, or maybe he like blew out his throat, like halfway into production. They're like, "Well, I guess we got to film around it because we got to get this shit done." (laughs) Uh, I guess it's a group of eco terrorists that have taken them. Um, uh, He's reluctant, but uh, his hatred for Godzilla after his son Andrew was killed during the 2014 yeah. Uh, 
So he gets to the the group of people. Uh, who's the Japanese actor? Uh, I can Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. I should know that one. That one's easy. Um, he he's there. Um, I'm sorry. We have to. They're at court first. That's what's happening. Um, ah yes. Very I forgot important. about court. Uh, so the nerd from Silicon Valley is there, and he's blah 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 talking to um, an actress who was really big in the '90s. I can't think of her name. Oh, CCH Pounder. There we go. She's lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we've got uh, Ken Watanabe, and then the lady from The Shape of Water. And from what I understand of that movie, I could see like when I saw her face, I'm like, oh, it's the lady from Shape of Water. I'm like, <laughs> eh, it makes sense. I could see her hooking up with a, a fish fish man of some kind. That makes sense. I think that's uh, but, uh, Vivian. No, what the fuck is her name? Anyway, she was she was in Godzilla uh, 2014. Correct. Correct. And she had a much larger role in that. Actually. She did. Uh, so yeah. did Ken Watanabe. I mean, I oh. guess his is still pretty big in this. Uh, Sally Hawkins is her name. So, yeah, and Sally. I remember Sadie Hawkins. I'm like, Sally Hawkins? Like the dance, Sadie Hawkins. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're basically the mil- um, the, It sounds like the U.S. government is trying to take control of, these, the, of Monarch, basically, mm-hmm. and hand it over to the military. And they don't want to, but some shit pops off and they have to leave which basically means that monarch is going to be somewhat answering to the military which they don't explicitly say in this movie that i that i could remember but that seems to be what's happening is that yeah. monarch are working with the military now yeah uh, like you they, said it, it's never explicitly stated but they have um, they have military people like un- under their command that that operate within them so maybe they're the, like their own branch or something but yeah but monarch was introduced in Godzilla 2014 and also uh, teased at the end of Kong Skull Island and actually it's teased throughout Kong Skull Island. So the idea is this organization was founded like around the time we were doing atomic bomb tests because uh, that was around the time we discovered Godzilla's presence on the Earth. Uh, basically, they're the in Godzilla, uh, they actually had an organization called G-Force. That mm. <laughs> it's essentially that. Uh, or if you're into Marvel stuff, Shield, mm. um, though with I guess no superheroes, unfortunately. Monarch <laughs> is a badass name. I like Monarch. It, it is. It's a good logo too. Good design. Yeah, really good. That's what I was thinking. Like, man, they've really they've locked into a good brand here. Um, so yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken Doctor Ken, <laughs> not that Doctor Ken, uh, but <laughs> Doctor Ken. Yeah. Actually, his character is uh, Doctor Serizawa. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ken. Is from. Um, the original Godzilla. Oh, uh, it's okay. it's kind of I think he actually bears the same name as the character from the original Godzilla. And there's some other parallels to the original film that pop up in this movie, specifically involving him. But uh, he and uh, Sally Hawkins they take off early because somebody whispers in their ear, which is always a cool way to leave a room, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and they leave. They leave. Uh, I don't know who he is either. But you said what's what show is he from? Silicon Valley. He's the Silicon nerd from Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's a big deal. Right. He puts uh, on a, a sex tape featuring the the oh the monsters in these movies are referred to as titans. By the way, titans. Yes, the titans. Um, because very unfortunate for the Godzilla series as it currently stands, um, Pacific Rim coined the phrase coined the term uh, kaiju, which is just Japanese for monster, basically. Oh. Um, so, for whatever reason, Legendary decided we're not gonna merge pacific rim and godzilla Wise. so now we'll, we'll call our monsters titans while they call theirs kaiju 
it should yeah. be, probably should be flipped, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, they they bring Kyle Chandler in there, and he does not like he wants to help, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go with their plan. So apparently, what what's happening with Monarch is they've um, they've been keeping it secret that there are monsters all over the world, and they're all in hibernation, and um, it appears as though um, one of them is waking up. Like some of them are starting to kind of wake up, and that's why Mothra is, is coming up. Yeah. And he's like, it's not just these two. He's like, we have a whole bunch all over the world that are hibernating, and we're trying 17. to keep. <laughs> he's like, we're trying to keep it. Yeah, seventeen. Uh, we're trying to keep it under wraps, and they're explaining everything to Kyle Chandler. He's like, we need to fucking kill them all. We got this is awful. We gotta we gotta kill them. This is fucking stupid. And they're like, no 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 no. We don't we don't really want to do that. But um, <laughs> well, there's there's a concept that's introduced here that doesn't doesn't quite they don't quite knock it out of the park it's still kind of hazy to me but the idea here is that there's a philosophical difference between multiple parties featured in this movie where dr ken feels that we need to come to harmony with the things like these titans they're going to exist no matter what we have we do. to we have to adapt the way we live around them exactly uh, whereas Kyle Chandler and some of the other folks, especially of course the evil representative America, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they feel no, we got to kill them all. This is a threat to our way of life. We have to kill it. Yeah. So, like right up front, that that theme is introduced and it carries over throughout the rest of the film. And then I, I guess the point of view of uh, Charles Dance, the eco terrorist, is that well, well, we'll get to that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So what they do is uh, they're like. They're gonna try to probably like she was um, she was kidnapped by these eco terrorists. They're most likely gonna try to let out one of these one of these things is what they're probably gonna do. And they're like, we'll just have to wait and find till they break into a a facility and they break into Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And that's really where our movie starts. As we we get to Antarctica, we we learn some some stuff about our characters. Um, I have written down here Kong, King Kong. Kong, like they're just uh, they're just he's, like he's featured on some monitors in the background, but yeah. that's the extent of it. No, no, yeah, they're just like they're just giving you little bits. They're like, oh, by the way, Kong, Kong's coming. Yeah. Kong's the next movie. Just remember. <laughs> um, uh, do you remember the? I'm sorry, I'm not sure when it was, but I just had to write it down. The bear suit thing is fucking weird. Did you remember <laughs> that video where he's like? Up there in a bear costume with his kids, and they're in bears. Like we gotta go attack Bob. Yeah, yeah. That that was one of those things that actually made me think of uh, uh, Ant Man of all fucking things. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like how often does one think about Ant Man? <laughs> I never do. Seldom, at best. Um, that's I, because I I just rewatched Ant Man and the Wasp a few days ago. Um, anyway, there's a there's a sequence at, towards the beginning of Ant Man and the Wasp uh, where he's playing with his daughter. And he has this, like, cardboard and masking tape, like, amazing playground built inside his house. It's, like, indescribably awesome. Um, But the amount of time and, like, ingenuity that would go into building that is absurd. It's one of those things, it's like, it's a kid's movie, you know, this is, like, something that the adult who's watching the film with their child is like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like, I love you, but I'm not doing that. And it's kind of like that, where it's like a little too elaborate, where it's like, what the fuck kind of parent is going to make like bear costumes for them and their kids and then have their wife film it? (laughs) Like, this is just a bit too much. A little too involved. Yeah. Um, Um, But before we get to Antarctica, do we have like a face-to-face with Godzilla? 
Uh, I think we do maybe. Um, <laughs> I, like oh, I said, yeah, 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 the, the yeah, sequencing yeah. is the big hiccup so, for me. So yeah, is, this yeah we do get Godzilla kinda. So they're in a crazy exp- the amount of money that's going into these facilities in this movie. Holy shit! Because we have <laughs> this is an underwater super facility. Like this isn't the abyss where it's like still a multi-billion-dollar uh, facility. This is trillions down <laughs> this yeah. underwater because so, they have a giant deep blue sea glass window peering out way bigger than that one uh peering out and they're like godzilla's coming in on us and like we can feel it like we can tell his heart rate they're monitoring his heart rate and they're like he's getting closer and like he's like open up the doors let him know we're not a threat and then zhang zi was like i don't think he was i don't think he was referring to us like i don't think I think he's picking up on another predator. So there seems to be something in the air, something going on that Godzilla's like, um, I'm not feeling right, guys. I, I'm feeling threatened here in my in my place. And uh, we get, yeah, we get the underwater Godzilla, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it, it's not something that you get to see all the time. Um, underwater Godzilla has always been fun in the old movies because it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's usually pretty obvious that there's, there is no water involved in these scenes, <laughs> but I lo- we're, we're just going to make the already slow moving costume, like put it into even slower motion. <laughs> oh, I love when we have the boats, like when we have the boats underwater, cause it's literally a toy boat underwater. Oh yeah. It's, oh, it's, I love it's, it. it's wonderful. I love it. Um, Actually, one of my favorite underwater Godzilla moments was uh, in Godzilla 1985 or 84, if you're going by the Japanese version. Um, actually, like, just good submarine scene. Like, I'd, I can't remember what year Das Boot came out, but, like, maybe it was on something. 1980, I believe. Um, anyway, it's it's like a good couple-minute-long tense submarine sequence where it's a bunch of Soviet guys on a sub, and uh, they, they get a sonar ping. It's like, what the fuck is that? It's like... It's a fucking Godzilla, <laughs> and, we, and we do the submarine thing where it's it's all communicated through acting. There's not a whole lot of exterior shots, so it's mm. not very visual. It's just like good use of music and editing, and then Godzilla smashes their sub. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Godzilla. Um, there's there's a thing that Kyle Chandler's character does throughout this entire movie that I found a little irritating where he mm. takes animal logic and projects it onto oh, yeah. the fucking monsters and he's yeah. always right. <laughs> so he deduces through his I don't know what his background is. Apparently he likes beating it off to wolves. Canine. Uh, yeah. he is, he is <laughs> that's all I know about him. He studies canine. Some kind yeah. of wolf. Yeah. Yeah. He he has a thing for bear suits. Uh, he beats it off to wolf noises. Correct. Oh yeah, and by the way, he can get inside Godzilla's head. Uh, so he deduces that Godzilla's behavior right now is that of like a a threatened creature, like he's agitated because someone's impinging on his territory. And being as our heroes at this point, I don't believe are mobile, and have been stationary for quite a while. Uh, yeah. It's not them. So he's like, I don't think this display of aggressiveness is projected at us. I think it's something else. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that, because uh, I think at this point we're aware that some shit's going down in Antarctica. Yeah, um, so we get to an underwater. Uh, Charles Dance's team, they get out and just shoot some people. I like I think, the way that scene was done. Yeah, where it's I all off too. screen, it's just sounds. That was cool. And then he's just it, like, yeah. okay, bring them out. <laughs> just, as much, just as much impact. It was really good. Um, uh, but the, 
I what I thought was bad acting, I just realized was we didn't quite know the story yet. Vera Farmiga's just like keep keep your eyes straight. Like when she's talking to Eleven, I'm mm-hmm. like a mom in this kind of situation who's been kidnapped would be way more panicky. Like it, it she was just she'd not be selling panicky, it. and she'd be very handsy with the kid probably. Very just much, like but she's clutching clutching child, she, you know. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to tell us like. This isn't what you think it is. So um, Vera Farmiga goes down. It appears as though Charles Dance has kidnapped her so she can um, release this, um, release whatever creature is down here and kind of send it off to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, Which we find out uh, is, (laughs) what is it, King, what's his name? King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Um, I, 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 I realized when they're looking at it through the ice, I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this is, but I have no clue. But I, I know you could probably tell who it was in the ice. You're like, oh, I know who that is. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even you from totally the marketing, it's like, duh. <laughs> like, like who's good? Who uh, of all the monsters that were advertised for this movie, it's like, duh. I wonder which one's going to be the big bad. Maybe the one with the three fucking heads. Three heads. <laughs> I didn't even know there was the one with three heads in this movie. I didn't well, realize there's going to be so many creatures in this one. I mean, so much of marketing films these days is about spectacle. And if you look at the pantheon of Godzilla monsters, who who offers the most opportunity for spectacle? Obviously, the three-headed dragon. Mm-hmm. I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, it's either that or the moth. <laughs> so we get we get something that drives me nuts in movies. It drove me nuts in the 2014. Um, Military 101. So we have um, some people... Uh, inside the inside the um, like the ship, they have a huge ship in this movie. Like a, a like a, a, a. I mean, Marvel movies. It's yeah, like a exactly. helicarrier. It's basically it, it, a helicarrier. It's, but it's a helicarrier. Shaped like a flying wing. Uh, Eric from Billy Madison is in here. He's yes! the nerd. <laughs> yes, he uh, is. <laughs> his jokes. Like I wanted to like him so much in this movie, but his jokes just were not hitting. Like he's just not hitting his mark. Um, yeah, he he does the thing that the Marvel movies have kind of popularized in in recent years. That it. It's a little grating at times, and what what this thing is, I don't have a name for it yet. Um, but basically, what what you do is you ad lib lines that acknowledge the absurdity of the situation. Mm-hmm. So, like in Marvel movies, all the time something absolutely ridiculous happens, and then somebody will just kind of like deadpan, like, "Oh, well, blah 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 blah." Obviously, we're gonna go you know, do this and this and this and this. I'm like gonna do it meta sarcastic he's being yeah. meta meta sarcastic so he he provides that commentary where every time yeah. someone says something utterly ridiculous or something utterly ridiculous happens he just says what everyone's thinking yeah. and y- usually it's it's enough to get a snicker but very seldom like a genuine you know he's more or less the guy that generally says the title of the movie it's like Godzilla's exactly. king of the monsters exactly. <laughs> um so yeah he we have a bunch of people behind computers, and they're about to fire on somebody. Like, they're going to fire on... I don't know what they're going to shoot at, but they're about to shoot at something, uh, and um, they have to stand down. But these same guys that are in chairs, like, on computers and stuff like that, I think one is Ice Cube's son. I swear yes, to God, it's Ice it Cube's son. It is. Uh, they have guns later, and they are they are go- going through this facility. There are generally two types of jobs in the military. <laughs> There are standing jobs, mm-hmm. which include running with guns. That's a standing job. And then mm-hmm. there are chair jobs. Chair jobs, 
and standing jobs don't overlap very often, and especially <laughs> if the if the standing job involves a gun. If you have a standing job with a gun, you in no way have a sitting job. So that is not happening. That yeah, it it it's amazing actually because as as absurd as the resources are that Monarch has at its command, because holy shit, they throw battalions out there, just mm-hmm. like bodies. They just throw bodies at shit like repeatedly in this film. Yeah. yeah. They patent the shit out of these monsters to decidedly ill effect. <laughs> but um, as, 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 as much as we see them throw resources you know, like straight down the shitter, um, at the same time, it feels like somehow they're short-staffed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because like you said, like even when we go on like science expeditions and stuff, you'll notice it's always the same like five scientists. Yeah. It's like, how did they get there? It's like, oh, well, they, they teleport. In fact... I actually thought it was really cute that they they acknowledge teleportation in this film. They do. They absolutely <laughs> do. Um, Which is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, Bradley Whitford, uh, the fellow from Billy Madison, uh, he uh, he throws it out there very early in the film. Uh, this concept of like Hollow Earth or something. Yeah. And so it's like a theory he has where it's like, oh, that's how Godzilla you know, like, pops up in different parts of the world so quickly. It's like he's using some sort of tunnel network inside the Earth's core or something. And it's just thrown out there as like a a line, but then it's yeah. like, oh wait, hang on a sec, this might actually come into effect. <laughs> um, so yeah, we 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 end up getting. I mean, they try to get into the facility. Charles Dance's men kind of shoot at them, and we end up getting. Dude, they to a, they aliens them. Yeah, they do. They, uh, like the the set here, uh, it reminded me of uh, the first Thor movie, where like I everything's kind of. Oh well. It, it has like white tunnels where it's yeah. it looks like like a CDC location or something. I was thinking Alien Resurrection, the Alien yeah. Resurrection. But though. they oh, straight I'm sorry, up Alien Three, Alien Three. They straight up aliens these people because these just random arms reach through the walls and mm-hmm. yank people through the wall and yeah. never to be seen again. <laughs> it's like they just disappear into the walls. Um, it was so bizarre. It's like it oh, it's almost weird. as if this director does horror. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they end up getting to a standoff where um, Kyle Chandler has gotten a gun and he's cut off Charles Dance and he's like, "Listen, I need you to give me back my my mom or my my wife and daughter." And Eleven is like super excited to see him. She's like, "Dad, Dad!" She's walking over and Vera Farmiga's not moving, and Vera Farmiga like says to her, "Hey, no, you don't need to go over to him." She she doesn't do that. She says, "Indiana." <laughs> Indiana. She, she comes back, and much to our shock, we're like, "Why is she going back? Like, what's the fucking deal?" And that's when I realized, I'm like, "Oh no, Vera Farmiga's evil. This is so fucking nuts." She pulls the trigger on to like get this monster out while her kid's there. If yeah. okay, we didn't paint you guys a picture. We have a borderline skyscraper uh, of a monster. An filling ice mountain. <laughs> in an under, uh, yeah, just completely covered with, I'd say, what, 20 to 30 feet of ice? In, I'm not 20 to 30 feet, but uh, yeah, maybe like, I'd say 15 feet of ice in, Shit's in between. thick. It is super thick. And they have bombs basically strapped all around it to break off the ice so it can get out. They are directly underneath all the ice with her child. And she sets it off. I'm like, why would you fucking do that? You're all going to die. You all mm-hmm. are going to die. <laughs> You're going to get buried in ice. Yeah. I thought it was, a, it was an odd move for the movie. Well, it, it put a 
a weird thought in my head that made me think of many, many other movies. Because the the way Millie Bobby Brown uh, reacted Bobby to... Bro. I don't know her actual name, but that's how I'm saying it, because it's funny. I think that's right. Yeah, Millie Bobby um, Brown. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, when her mom calls to her, and like very softly, and she like kind of slinks back Millie towards her. Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Um, <laughs> when she does that like it, it made me think like does she brainwash her or is she a robot or is she a clone because she took, yeah. she apparently has like i don't know what her deal is in stranger things but she's used to being a weird kid yeah so i mean that would explain why you would cast her other than the brand recognition because uh, you know, people pe- people know her you know metal bob brown um yeah i had the same thought i my thought was that there's something going on here that is either Charles Dance has one over them, like there's more to why they're there. I mm-hmm. didn't think it was I like I knew Vera Farmiga was playing a side. Like she's like yeah. I don't think she's all the way, but I feel like they explained or they were gonna threaten to kill her if she didn't. Like like that would be the And that's what you should do. But <laughs> if you've seen an eco terrorist come in and just shoot a bunch of nerds, I'm like He's evil. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah, no, he's straight up evil. You can't take that back. But so, just what, let Charles Dance be more evil. What was funny though is that I mean, you you mentioned early on in this recording that Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Like a big part of the plot of that is that there's an evil doctor with an android daughter. And I yeah. was like, huh, maybe we're getting crazy like that. <laughs> and there are other references to that movie in this film. But uh, long story short, yeah, uh, the bombs go off. Uh, there's a big escape sequence that turns into a gigantic escape sequence. This actually, yes. The editing here gets out of control. It's a little like in the theater when it's loud. It's like, oh, shit. But basically, there's some shenanigans where uh, Kyle Chandler's trying to chase his wife and daughter uh, via two elevators. They're like next to each other, essentially. But he abandons the idea because he sees the Ice Cube's son. I mean, if you're going to save somebody, you know, may as well be him. Yeah. Seems like a cool guy. Uh, he sees that him and a whole bunch of the other monarch troops are trapped uh, while the ice is coming crashing down. So he brings his elevator down, saves them. They all escape together to the surface, uh, just in time for King Ghidorah to break out of his ice prison. And uh, he makes his grand entrance. It's fairly spectacular. It's pretty bitching. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, they, they do it in stages. They kind of do it right, where I think the first we see of him is a tail. Like a spike, a spiked tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a head and a tail. Like he kind of just and rolls yeah, he comes out. out of this crater and yeah, you know, one head comes up, another head comes. It's like oh shit, he's got many heads. It looks like something from Revelations in the Bible. Like like oh shit, that's not good. That's that probably weird. the idea. Is um that was something that they abandoned for this movie that I kind of missed a little bit. Although it makes for more excitement i guess because godzilla 2014 i mentioned this before on the other recording that uh the things they did with perspective in that movie are pretty incredible where a lot of times the monsters are framed from like bug's eye view to the point that they're so large and so close to you that you cannot take in the entirety of their being Mm -hmm. it's like godzilla like his grand entrance in hawaii in 2014 you see like a part like a chunk of his gut and his thigh yeah because that's what the people around him can see that's that's all you get because that's even craning your head up that's all you can get whereas this is more conventional it's framed in a cinematic way where it's like it's just meant to look fucking cool and they accomplish that (laughs) 
And I need to say, like, I, I was actually happy with this design. Um, it combines most of the elements from all of his previous iterations. Because, like, the, the original version of the character from, like, 1964 had, like, some, like, a little bit of, like, hairy plumage around each of its heads and, like, mm. a little, like, crescent moon horn in the center of each of its heads that looked... I mean, it was supposed to look kind of like a traditional, like, oriental dragon. <laughs> yeah. Like, it has that look to it where it's mythological, where it, it 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 looks ancient in some regard, whereas this is like a very modern, traditional dragon. And um, um, a lot of, there was a lot of hype about the character, how they, they motion captured each of the heads separately. And the idea was they were trying to give each of them individual personalities, but... So many of the scenes in this are so chaotic that I don't think you see it except for where it counts early on. Uh, it, it doesn't take a genius to note that the center head is feuding with the left head. Yeah. Like it, get, it, it's like two dogs where the one is like the alpha and the, and the left head is apparently the beta. Well, the, it's it's not like the mummy returns where they're having that battle and you can just see that they have like two of the dog things just like swinging. They're all just <laughs> doing the same swing. They're actually taking the time to have the three heads do separate things. It's not just one in the middle and the other two are just yeah. like just shaking their heads. Um, Godzilla, I don't want to get too much into the fight itself because it's a, it's a fight. Um, it I do like Godzilla's entrance. I think it's pretty cool how he comes in. Uh, comes up underneath the ice, and Godzilla and um, Cer- Cerebus <laughs> go at it. <laughs> I have a well, joke for that. I have a joke for that later. Um, uh, well, the the cool part about his entrance is the direct reference to Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, if I remember right, uh, Bradley Whitford or whoever the the guy from Billy Madison. He's he's oh, the audio guy. He's the yeah. sonar guy. Eric. Um, yeah. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Let's just call him Eric. It's Eric. That's how I. Uh, <laughs> I choose business ethics. Eric <laughs> drinks his own pee. Yes. <laughs> that guy had weird balls. If I remember correctly, uh, Godzilla's entrance is actually heralded by a sonar ping. Where it's mm. like a boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what the fuck is that? It's coming straight for us. And just like Terror of Mechagodzilla, when Godzilla makes his grand entrance, which... To me, is bar none, pretty much the greatest Godzilla entrance. Um, he's introduced to us via a dot on a sonar, and a couple of the aliens are looking at, and they're like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Well, that's that big monster that we don't like." <laughs> it's like, "What are we gonna do about it?" It's like, "Well, for now, nothing." <laughs> um, but um, yeah, he sonar ping, he comes up from the ice, and then fire breath, and it's like. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you did you like the monster fight? I mean, they go at. Is this where he takes off one of the heads? Uh, he does. No, take that off that happens later. Okay. That happens when we get to Rodan. Um, gotcha. But no, no, no serious damage dealt here. It's a skirmish. It's um, a skirmish. Yeah. The way they the way they shot it was, I think, more interesting than entertaining for me, because uh, mm-hmm. they do this thing where, and this is kind of frustrating. Uh, what they're trying to do here is a. Uh, incorporate the human element to the action yeah which is what i don't want it's very I, I agree i agree it was a little frustrating I want, in this i scene. want what they did in 2014 where it's mostly just godzilla shows up and does his fucking thing you get out of the way but this they do the shit where they they have the camera pointed up while people are running around it and it's like oh my god the monsters are fighting directly above us 
And this would be effective if I gave a shit about the well, people, <laughs> but I don't. They, what they did in this movie was they had a monster who, um, I want to keep calling him Serapis, uh, <laughs> the, the dragon. Um, the dragon, like Godzilla is kind of aware that there's people, but he doesn't really make contact with them directly. Um, go, how do you say its name? Gondor? <laughs> Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Um, yeah. Ghidorah can not only see people, but it actually is like going after people. Yeah, he goes out of his way to exterminate some fucking people. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's frustrating, and I think that's what they're trying to highlight here in having them a part of the action is that this this monster's actually paying attention to people, which makes well, it a little scarier because well, yeah, it's enormous. Yeah, the idea enormous. is he's supposed to be malevolent, and this is very actually much. expanded on later on in the movie, and I actually thought... In a very it was really fashion. interesting. I, yeah, did I was I, very happy to hear what they did with him because they gave him, you know, some intent. It's like he's not just another monster; he actually is a bad monster. Oh, I'm good. By the way, I'm buying, buying this on Blu-ray. Like, I oh. think this is definitely a Blu-ray purchase for me. I really. Wow. I, that, it's, that's I can definitely. I can definitely see it being a cozy movie. This is a. This is going to be a cozy movie for me. Yeah, I could see that too. I mean, that's part of the fun of Godzilla movies. Is you kind of you can look away every now and again and not miss much but then yeah. as soon as you hear the <laughs> you're like, okay it's time to pay attention again <laughs> but yeah the, the i don't want to get into too much detail about the fight either but the way it's shot uh there's maybe a little too much interference from the human element uh sally mm-hmm. hawkins buys it here and i didn't oh, really, yeah. I, I, didn't I didn't really know what it. the fuck happened i thought millie bobby brown died <laughs> i'm like that's what they, that's what i was saying like they tell us like no 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 not only is this thing gonna kick you it's also gonna bite you because it's going after you yeah she fucking dies yeah she gets yeah she gets smooshed everybody (laughs) like the characters in the movie and the the theater all like wait what did she she's gone guys yeah it's like oh well you know probably on to bigger and better things but guillermo guillermo's got more movies coming so she's 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 gonna be doing more guillermo i can tell you that right now uh but yeah this this i'm sorry is she in hellboy Mm -hmm. No, not that I know of. I'm thinking of something else with a similar opening. I can't I've think. Only, I'm sorry. I've only seen her in the Godzilla movies, to be honest. I haven't even seen oh, Shape of Water. I think I'm confusing it with uh, Wonder... I, I think Wonder Woman has a similar... Something going on like Hellboy. I'm getting confused. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's, let's move along. Yeah, um, move along. Move along. Um, uh, so, can I, if I remember right... Oh. She, yeah, this is where Vera Farmiga is about to drop her, like why she's evil. So last last point I wanted to make about oh, yeah, how this how this fight was shot is uh, I just wanted to lay it out there that decidedly different from how Godzilla twenty fourteen was presented to us stylistically, where it's like I don't know the 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 human characters are actually intended to matter in this film. Like they actually they actually have. Like participation factor, whereas the whole thesis of Godzilla 2014 was that Aaron Taylor Johnson, despite being featured in so much of that movie, nothing he does matters at the no. end of the day. He he doesn't even succeed in stopping the nuke from going off. He is a complete and utter failure of a human being, and yet he has a career. <laughs> um, I hate I hate every single one of his characters. I don't like his face. Uh, He's married to a producer in Hollywood who is, yes, I is. think, roughly ten years his his like ten years older than him. So if you're wondering why he has a career, I think that might be why. There you go. Uh, uh, so where do we go from Antarctica? Basically, so, uh, Ghidorah escapes. 
Um, and Godzilla's like, motherfuck. <laughs> so what we what we um, what we learn is is that Vera Farmiga um, is actually sympathizing with um, eco terrorism, and she's harboring some kind of resentment towards Godzilla. But at the same time, she she's upset that her son is lost. But she went w- insane. She went <laughs> fucking nuts. That's why I'm yeah. having difficulty explaining this. Like, no, she went insane because she she's angry at Godzilla. But then she somehow came to the realization that, hang on, we as human beings are are like an infection on the earth and are causing its yeah. Like, eventual downfall so we need to give the earth back which is what the fuck does that have to do with your son yeah what does that have to do with anything nothing Uh, nothing makes no sense (laughs) i'm like if anything we should be trying to band together to save as many humans as possible because we're gonna lose a lot if we've got these monsters stomping around what Uh, all this needed to be was a personal vendetta against that monster in particular like i think all it needed to be this character could have been charles dance carl's Charles Dance could have been the eco-terrorist that's like, these creatures have been here forever, and human uh, humans oh. are a disease, and he what, could have just... What, what you do, what you do, is you have exactly like you said. He's the mastermind. Yeah. He recruits her by lying to her, saying, exactly. I have a solution to kill Godzilla. Exactly. Do you want to help me kill Godzilla? I'm gonna let this one out, and he's gonna kill Godzilla, and we have a way to kill this one. Oh, sorry, I lied. I'm an ego terrorist. By the way, they're just gonna yeah. destroy the fucking world. Exactly. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it hammy. Give it a hammy, just super villain. I like it. That that that, that would be well, fun. And and what that sets her up for is like this, like martyr. No. Absolutely, absolutely broken redemption arc. It's like I'm sorry, you you do you cannot be redeemed. No, no, no. her redemption is horseshit. Okay, when we she get doesn't to it, have I'm one. S- no, no, no. <laughs> she thinks she does, but what yeah. she does is she just traumatizes her daughter. That's all. That you don't. You just made it worse. You no, made no. it worse. You have to live <laughs> with the consequences of your decisions. You fucked you, up two kids. This is a. She, she. I'm sorry. She pulls a Hitler. I'm mean, basically what it is. She's like, I fucked up so bad. I'm gonna kill my. She basically. I fucked up so bad. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm like, yeah, but you've got a daughter and a husband that you're leaving. By. Yeah, we'll get to that. To I the mean, end. in oh. the grand scheme of things, it's like by the by the time it got to that point, I was like, well, it was either that or life imprisonment. So. Maybe you did the right thing, I guess, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I have written down full blown crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, she she is crazy. Like but she makes her character makes no sense. I don't like the way she does it though. I feel like she could have gone a little more manic with it. Like she's she's trying to be like, oh no, I've thought of that already. Like I'm I'm just like way ahead of you guys on this. Well, like, she this she is... sounds like a suburban mom with too much time on her hands. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> if she'd been like kind of manic, she's like no, like like yeah, a, a bipolar. Like if she was like manic depressive, where she, this maybe this situation triggered that, and she's just not she's not thinking clearly. Well, she's some, just like, some of her dialogue is fucking laughable because during the know, scene she she's having I think a she vid- knows that too. she's having yeah she, I think she does. Um, she's having a video phone chat with Kyle Chandler, aka the most important person in Monarch, who only just joined their ranks again like very recently. Um, and the end of her, her little speech here where she's saying, like, I, I did this to save the planet. I'm trying to free all the monsters so we can kill all the people so we can save the planet. 
Um, by the way, I think my daughter's going to be okay because I taught her, like, judo or something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he gets snippy with her, and it's so fucking funny because, like, she comes back with, like, and then she hangs up on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, and she's, like, half in tears. It's, <laughs> it's like, the flimsiest little arc, like, spat. It's a spat. It's a marital spat that they have. And yeah. then the, I think, like, right afterwards, though, is the best, where she, Millie Bobber Brown is running down a hallway away from her mom. And, like, she's in tears because she's, like, she overheard this conversation. She knows she's, that her mom's planning on killing everyone. She's but good. Then, that, go ahead. <laughs> Vera Farmiga's, like, like, like hustle walking. Like, not yeah. even, like, speed walking. Just kind of, like, hurriedly cared. trying to catch up, I guess. And she's like, babe, you know, like, I, it's for the good of the earth. <laughs> like, she daughter, not- understand. <laughs> This is I, my project. I want to weave <laughs> baskets on the weekend. Yeah, she yeah, she is kind of like a like a rich like a like a mom stamp my whole mom who doesn't it's work. Her, it's like super rich. A super it's rich. It's her mom. Uh, nutritional supplement business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mommy's mommy's super yeah. Uh, mommy's, mommy's part of a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> mom, mom, no, mom's made this face cream and this face cream's really gonna take off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's already interested in it. It's a face uh, cream called Titans. <laughs> uh, yeah, she doesn't really. She hasn't thought about the consequences of her decisions. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, she is a good crying actress. Uh, I think okay. that she has a. She she can really turn it on, and it, she can really get a response out of you with it. She does mm. a pretty decent job in this movie. Um, it, that's what she's good for on Stranger Things as well. She doesn't really talk on Stranger Things. Mm. That's that's her superpower as an actress. She, well, I can <laughs> she's good at she's good at not talking and still being able to do stuff. I mean, um, the nonverbal stuff is arguably the harder stuff so like you know i'm sure she's gonna have a bright future as an actress but maybe i don't know i feel like we're we might be winding down on the 11 well, um i mean that good good on you i mean it's child actor man that's a tough life <laughs> yeah i don't want to go much further get your um, college money save your college money put that money tuck it back pay for yeah, college she she occupies a role in this movie that um comes from the gamera movies uh they mm. call it the kenny because uh, <laughs> there's an there's an astonishing abundance of young boys in Japanese monster movies that are named Ken, uh, that somehow have unlimited military clearance, <laughs> and that that is Millie Bobby Brown in this movie. Well, she, before- they just let she's like the dog in the thing. She's just like they let her wander the entire everywhere. fucking facility. No well- no glocks on anything. I'm sure that was the stipulations. Like my daughter gets to come with me, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But before before they run off, I love this exchange between Charles Dance and Vera Farmiga because she's not she's kind of having second thoughts, or she's kind of like, I this isn't what we intended. Like what's happening? Uh, maybe yeah. What's happening is that they've let out this one monster, but because of that he's awakening all these other monsters and the point was is to let these all these monsters out gradually one by one for population <laughs> control now they're all busting out and charles dance i love it he's he's basically telling her listen i'm a villain you may not realize it yet but you are too and now you're trying to not be a villain you've already committed to being a villain and he's actually like telling the girls like your mom is not getting it. <laughs> doesn't realize that she's made she's made her choice and she's trying to go back on it now. Like, yeah, uh, I, Kyle, I I want you to 
make a, a, a cut of this movie that has his dialogue in that scene replaced with just that because that that is honestly what it is it's he like, knows who I, he is. I know what movie i'm in <laughs> unlike you, see- you. <laughs> <laughs> i look at my face every day in the mirror and i know I am the most evil man in every room. It's like every okay. movie I'm in, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> it's, just, just, it's just how it is. <laughs> He's great on Game of Thrones. He, that if you want to watch that show for anything, just go for some Charles Dance. How watch many the first seasons season. is he in? He makes it well through three. Uh, I, th- I think he's all the way through four as well. I think he was in the first four seasons. He's in quite a bit. Yeah, you might have me there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, I really like his character in there. Um, um, but yeah, so, so are we uh, in Mexico now? Yeah, so we're, yeah. I think we're just about. To, yes, we are in Mexico, and uh, we're in the same spot where we saw Spectre. Um, it's crazy. But, Spectre has just as many uh, uh, changes in scenery as far as countries go, but in this movie, it actually is warranted. Uh, yeah. and it's actually <laughs> CG, it's also CGI uh, yeah. changes of location uh, by yeah. the way um, so yeah we go to Mexico and this one kind of threw me off but um, apparently this um, R- Ronan R- Ronda Rodan R- Rodan R- Ro- Roseanne Rose- <laughs> uh, no the is that the three headed the three headed dragon no Ghidorah Ghidorah. Ghidorah is waking up all these motherfuckers. And yeah. the motherfucker... By the way, he has a portable storm front that comes directly out correct. of his ass. Which is kind of bitching. It took, me, it took me a little bit to realize that, but it's pretty fucking cool. It's like, pretty I, fucking cool, but towards the end of the movie, I was getting irritated with it. I get you. It was like, okay, you're just using this to not... So you can get away with not having to see everything we okay fine. exactly exactly um, but we'll but get it, there it's still a cool it's it's a cool idea but we it get is. to um they've put i thought they just had it in a hole but i think they had this fella rodan in a fucking volcano like yeah. just inside a volcano yeah <laughs> i would be fucking furious if I it, yeah it's <laughs> and, pretty fucking cool <laughs> and what, yeah, I was just saying, what, what did you think of this creature? Because this one was, I wish they would have given this uh, this creature a bit more, a bit more yeah. to do. Because like, if you think about birds, birds are really interesting as a uh, as a villain. Um, I'm trying to think of um, it might have been like a Bug's Life or something. But when you get a giant bird, the way they move is actually pretty pretty fucking scary well, like the way well, how quick they well, are yeah birds are awful creatures and they yeah. have those glassy eyes and yeah they have that herky-jerky style of moving that i mean there's a reason velociraptors are unnerving it's because they yeah. move like fucking birds um for me personally uh rodan or radon uh rodan uh funny 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 trivia moment for me and me alone well me and my dad uh <laughs> the nutty professor uh the eddie murphy one Oh. Um, there's a scene, uh, I think it's when we're introduced to the clumps. Um, there's a scene where the, where Papa Clump is off screen and he's yelling he's yelling at his wife to keep it down because he's trying to watch TV. But the way Roseanne. he says it, I'm trying to watch Roseanne. When I was a kid, me and my dad both thought he said Roseanne. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, God damn, the clumps are awesome. <laughs> but uh, for me, uh, Rodan... Was and is one of my very favorite Godzilla movies. Um, he had his own solo movie that came out two years after the original Godzilla. Oh no, and, shit! And the first like half of that movie is is kind of like them. 
Uh, oh, it actually okay. involves like caterpillar monsters, and Rodan doesn't show up until like the second half. The first half of them is awesome. It's incredible, and yeah. Rodan is right up there with it. I absolutely because the, the entire first half of the movie is like a, it's a drama that it's like a horror drama in a mine, and I mean underground. It's creepy, and as a kid, it was gripping shit. And then the fucking giant pteranodon shows up and starts blowing <laughs> up Japan, and it's like I'm fucking in. <laughs> Uh, and so yeah, uh, that was one of the earliest ones I saw, and my my dad introduced me to it, and it, I loved it. Uh, he was one of my favorites, and uh, I was disappointed with the way he was used in this movie because, like you said, he didn't really get much to do. Um, He's I wrote down Firebird is fun, like in anticipation. Of, yeah. Like, oh, this is gonna be kind of like this is a really cool creature design. It's kind of like that demon from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. I can't oh, think the of Balrog. It. Yeah, the Balrog. Um, they really. Kind of, they really beefed up his design because uh, the f- the fire to. wings thing wasn't hasn't ever really been a thing. There was he had like a couple minutes in one of the '90s Godzilla movies where he had something like that, but the the flaming wings thing like covered in volcanic ash that was never a design motif. Mm. Um, his entrance in this movie coming out of the crater is a direct reference to how he was introduced in the movie that originally featured all these characters. But funny enough. Uh, he actually died in the movie he debuted in via volcano. So it's like, it's like, it's like huh? He got better, I guess. He got used to the heat. Um, but yeah, he's more bird-like than he's ever been in this movie. Usually, he's a pteranodon. Usually, he's a flying dinosaur. So, like, let me guess. His neck, his head doesn't move. Like his back, like it's just. He, yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. he he has he has horns. He has a, a beak. He's just straight red. Uh, he has well, spines on his tummy. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Treasure. I mean, Treasure. treasure. I, I had a kid Trevor. in grade school that called me that. Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w- I won't call you that. Uh, do you think that the people who, who saw the original Godzilla and died before they got a chance to watch this would be fucking blown away by this movie? Like, if they were to... Like, they'd be like, oh my god, it's so fucking real! Oh my god, that's not a guy in a suit! <laughs> Like they would think it's like, oh my god, you guys made it, and this is a documentary. Is that what's happening? Because this is oh, I real. Mean, you know, the the classic Godzilla evacuation scene. It would be that. You know? <laughs> It'd be like it would be Gam Gam and Gim Gim yelling <laughs> at everybody sure. to get out of the theater. <laughs> a time traveling Japanese couple <laughs> this time. Oh, going a... to the theater to see this, and you just see two old Japanese people running out of the theater. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, that's like, a, that's a manga waiting to happen. <laughs> just elderly couple with a fucking time machine. <laughs> so uh, Rodan comes out the volcano. Uh, Mexico, whatever part of Mexico this is, they're doing the mass evacuation thing. They aren't quite fast enough, and uh, Rodan does its thing. Uh, his his superpower is a supersonic winds that he generates by flying basically because he's so big super bitchin yeah uh he flattens cities and uh even in the even in the 50s this looked pretty fucking cool um and it looks pretty cool in this uh although some of the shenanigans that happen with you know name actors surviving said supersonic winds it's a little fucking stupid. It's akin to the dog in Independence Day. <laughs> Buddy! <laughs> or whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah. Uh, Cooper! Cooper. Cooper. There you go. Um, yeah, there's some shenanigans there because Ice Cube's son is on the ground and he can't die. It's it's a rule. Kind of yeah. like Ice Cube, actually. Ice I liked Cube, him. 
Ice like Cube it. and LL Cool J, I think, are maybe two of the most unkillable actors in Hollywood. Ice like Cube you, has you, never died in a movie that I can yeah, think of. I think LL Cool J might be the same. Like, you just cannot kill them. It's just Ice not Cube, allowed. Ice Cube's character, quote-unquote, dies, like, a year later at the end of Boys in the Hood, I think. Yeah, yeah. He has, like, a title off. He's like, he died, like, shortly after this, so. That, didn't, that doesn't count, because that didn't mm-mm, happen on mm-mm. screen. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Monarch troops are on the ground. They're trying to evacuate, and turns out, Ghidorah is showing up also. So he's flying straight at Rodan. So the plan at this point is to get Rodan away from the population and uh, lure him towards Ghidorah. So I think we use the the monarch giant ship. Yes. Like, the, the idea is we're trying to get him to chase them straight into Ghidorah I uh, and his a, giant storm front. <laughs> I thought it was a drone at first, but I'm like, oh, no, no, this is a super ship. Yeah, it's, it's a, a super, super ship. ship. Uh, and we get some pretty cool scenes here. Uh, actually felt lifted straight from the original Rodan movie, which made me very happy. It's basically Jets versus Rodan. And, uh, gotcha. Pretty that's, I mean, that's what you have to do against you know, Rodan. I mean, he's a big flying monster, of course. Yeah. And they do it pretty well. Uh, he, he does a barrel roll, kills a lot of people. He, and we get the funniest fucking moment in the movie when he I, eats the guy. We <laughs> laughed so hard. I, so I thought I was going to lose it. Um, oh, that was so yeah, good. The guy jettisons out like straight in. Like we had a good laugh. I'm like that is good. I like that. I'm glad they threw that in there. It's funny because it's that that isn't a reference to any other Godzilla movies I know of, but it might be a reference to the giant claw. Which have you heard of this movie, Kyle? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, the giant claw is noteworthy for featuring maybe the silliest looking monster in in all of cinema. It's. I think it's supposed to be a giant like zombie vulture. That's. It's a flying zombie vulture that they describe multiple times in the script as being the size of a battleship. <laughs> um, and it, it is the most pathetic monster you'll ever see in film. Anyway, there's a scene where a guy parachutes in, directly into its mouth, and it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, um, I have a note, and I'm not sure how where where it falls in, but it says Jesus the helicopter. I, I'm like I was like I was trying to t- make a note real quick, but I'm like, what the fuck was I referring to? Something <laughs> I don't know what that is. Jesus the helicopter. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, maybe it'll come to me. But maybe it'll that, come keep, to you. Keep that, keep that in mind. Just think about maybe something bad that happened with the helicopter. All right. So the the thing that we've learned up to this point in the film that we forgot to mention is that uh, this storm front is actually almost like a form of terraforming. So the idea is, like, the three-headed dragon is spreading a storm across the planet that's just going to wipe everything out. Uh, So as it moves across the planet, it's causing environmental disturbances that are, you know, monumentally greater than any one of these single monsters could do on its own. Um, And so uh, Rodan collides with Ghidra, but we get a uh, trailer shot where Mm -hmm. the the ship is directly in front of all three of the heads. It's a pretty imposing visage that's framed very well, looks great. And then we get like a, a very, very, very brief aerial battle between the two monsters. Uh, if I remember right, um, Rodan submits. Like they, yeah, so they, yeah. They, what they do is they, um, they fire on Rodan to get his attention, to get him over to, um, they call, they're calling him Monster Zero, I believe. Yes, uh, uh, that's a reference to, like I said, an older movie. Anyway, um, they call him Monster Zero, but when he gets there, 
um, he submits, but then Godzilla fucking pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> he and does that every time he shows up in this movie. <laughs> Uh, Ken Watanabe is very adamant about not killing Godzilla and and uh, Zhang Zi as well. She's she's not about it either. They're both they're both in awe of the monsters and her character's not really developed well. Uh, she doesn't really have much to do in this movie. She kind of says some things here and there. She she finds things to do halfway through. All of a sudden, she becomes the single most important character in the movie. Like, it just comes feel- out of nowhere. <laughs> I had a feeling that's what her character was going to do, too. So I'm like, she's not doing anything right now, but she's going to have a really important moment at some point. Yeah, um, she has several of them sprinkled throughout. Like I think she was the one who was doing research. and Yeah, she's the one who exposits about like what what Ghidra is. I wonder it's if like- anybody's writing a, writing a paper about how diversity in movies is targeted towards box office markets like we have kim watanabe who's japanese Zhang Zi, who's chinese like mm-hmm. we're, we're we have to put somebody who's japanese in a godzilla it's, movie we, we have a movie that i think actually debuted in beijing <laughs> there you go. before um, it came out here same with like um pacific rim like I, i'm just curious if anybody's tracking to see like how are we doing the diversity and then like you mentioned in pacific rim the Japanese person doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, Rinko Kikuchi does not make it to the end of the film. Um, and then and Watanabe, spoiler, doesn't Dr. make it Ken to the end of this. Dr. Ken does not make it to the end of the film. Hiroyuki Sanada in Avengers Endgame does not make it to the end. <laughs> well, we have we have a lot of diversity as far as uh, American audiences, and I would say yeah. British, like uh, UK audiences as well. Yeah. Or Great Britain. Um but yeah, I, I, I'm curious because all of ours, we touched on everybody. We've got everybody represented in this group. Um, we got it all. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. The The Chinese box office, I'm assuming, is much, much bigger than the Japanese box office. Like, we can't kill the Chinese person. We cannot do that. No. Kill the Japanese we, person. They'll, they'll no, okay. she needs a promotion, goddammit. <laughs> Seriously, almost every important plot development that happens halfway through the movie is direct from her mouth. Like, she just knows things. <laughs> it's like I, I don't even understand like like i said uh i forget the sequencing but may as well get into it while we're on the topic of her she's the one that explains to the other characters via research of like mythological texts and stuff that uh monster zero is an invasive species yes um, he is not of our planet he, he's an alien but, yeah he is an alien A he felt he alien <laughs> he fell to earth at some point in the ancient past him and Godzilla came to odds with one another, and it's just this eternal rivalry. But the it's idea a, here is he's an invasive species in the sense that he doesn't belong here, yet he's seeking dominion or destruction of everything in some fashion. And you Maybe and I agree, not like, intentionally, but his presence here is not good for everyone else. And you and I agree, like, this is a cool move. Like, this is an interesting idea to throw in there. Oh, I, I really liked it. Because it it gives it gives him a motive. It gives Godzilla a motive, where it's like it gives them a reason to not like each other, and it it raises the stakes where it makes sense that there needs to be a sense of urgency to eliminate him in particular, unlike the other monsters. So we have a lot of moves going on right now. Monarch wants Godzilla to come over here and defeat um, uh, Ghidorah. Uh, uh, Zero. I'm just gonna call it zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many names. Uh, zero. Um, now they get a call from. Uh, it seems as though at some point. Well, this was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, the guy calls. He's like, "Listen, we're gonna send in an oxygen bomb." <laughs> 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 like, what the 
fuck is an oxygen? It's an oxygen oxygen destroyer. It's like yes. basically anything within a two mile radius is gonna die if it breathes oxygen. So spoiler alert: nobody dies because so of this. The way for the folks listening, the way the way Kyle just described the scene is exactly how it plays out. Um, it's exactly the char- what the guy the says. The character who calls is like via video phone. Uh, is played by David uh, Strathairn. Yeah, uh, I, David I know Strathairn. him from Good Night and Good Luck. He was also in the Bourne Ultimatum. You've seen him before. He's everybody has seen him before. <laughs> He's a very good actor. He was in Godzilla 2014 as just the Admiral, basically. Um, so he's familiar with Ken Watanabe. They were buddies in that movie. In this one, he's just in a couple of scenes in the background. And then he shows up via video phone and says, Hey, yo, we got a bomb. And Ken Watanabe is like, Don't. And he's like, It's already on its way. Bye. It's already on its way. It's already on its way. No, it's literally oh. already on its way. Bye. Thanks for the courtesy call. And that's his exit from the film. He's just like, um, hey, I just wanted to let you know. I want. <laughs> oh my god! I just um, want to let you all know, like, bef- I love before you the very bomb, much, goodbye. Yeah, uh, bye bye. Uh, Godzilla before the bomb hits actually gets a hold of one of the heads of Monster Zero and mm-hmm. rip bites it off. Which mm-hmm. we're like, oh fuck! Like, bam. Okay, so this thing, this thing's vulnerable now. It's missing. He's a head. cut. He's well, cut. <laughs> the bomb hits and the the creatures go underneath. I think Radar, Radon, Rodan, Rodan flew away. Yeah, he uh, was nowhere near. He was nowhere near, and and we see what looks like chunks floating in the ocean. We're like, oh man, that really fucked him up. Well, wouldn't you know it, who pops out of the water? Monster Zero. And he's got the one head, and he flies off onto the volcano, and he grows another fucking head. That was so pretty like, savage. Oh, shit. Like, the, the regrowth, see, the animation on that was pretty fucking cool. Pretty good, yeah. It was very uh, juicy. And they're getting a they're getting the reading on Godzilla, and they're like he's just sinking, and his pulse is dropping, yeah. and and he's gone. Like we don't have him anymore. He's yeah. This gone. is this is Rocky Three when Clubber Lang knocks the piss out of him, and inside of two rounds, um, Godzilla's down for the count for now. But uh, the chunks that you saw uh, were actually fish. Okay, I thought they were. Um, I didn't realize no, that. It was, it was dead fish, and uh, the significance of the oxygen destroyer is pretty important because uh, it was in the original Godzilla film. It was, oh. the de- it was the device that was you know analogous to nuclear bomb, um, and it was invented by Dr. Serizawa, uh, who Ken Watanabe is basically playing in this movie. Um, to have it just like randomly thrown into the movie like that felt... Maybe a little flip, I guess, but uh, it was kind of cool to have that Easter egg where it's like, for you, it's like big bomb. For me, it's like, oh, I understood that reference. Um, But yeah, uh, what you need to take away from that is uh, Godzilla is out of commission for now, so the audience can't expect to see him for a while, but we still got plenty of problems. Um, And then Um, where do we go from here? Yeah, Zhang Ziyi's, her character has more or less been... um, She's been doing research on ancient monsters. So that's what her main contribution to this is. And this is where she points out that Monster Zero is actually uh, Ghidorah, an ancient alien seeking terraform from the planet now that its primary rival Godzilla is disposable. Uh, here we go. The, uh, Mothra. <laughs> Mothra has been hanging out underneath a waterfall. I guess when uh, she escaped from that facility, she's just been hanging out under a waterfall. And so, this is where... Go ahead. Who, who was there to witness the birth of Mothra? Kyle? 
we had CCH Pounder earlier, who's a very familiar face from many a sci-fi film, but there's a guy in here. He's a CEO of a certain company that spelled doom for the rest of humanity. <laughs> I don't know. Who was it? Joe Morton, a.k.a. Miles Dyson. Oh, yes, yes. I completely forgot about uh, he's Dyson. He's just in a tent, and he says, like, two lines, and he's gone. I forget he is one of the best one of the best death scenes in a movie ever. It's so good. It's so it's good. I, if I ever If I ever met him, I'm like, T2, and he's like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> hey, yo. That's all I would say to him, T2. Hey, Joe, uh, T2. Yeah, he, um, this is my other, uh, other scenario, which... Uh, I'd like to be in is the tent um, on the the rainy tent where you're underneath the tent with the computers and you can see outside and it's raining ever like pissing rain but you're underneath <laughs> the the tent with the computers doing stuff I'm like man that looks awesome um, he comes out and then we get a um, a semi reveal of Mothra yeah um, just just a little bit we don't really get a a good straight up shot like I was really wanting to see just one really good one they try to here and there but. Um, I think the idea was to save it for the finale, kind of. I like Mothra's communication. Like Mothra's got like we were. I was joking like the. <laughs> it's got like a. It's got a really pretty way of talking. Uh, okay. Communica- well, when you, now that you bring that up, we got to talk about audio, because uh, that's very important to Godzilla movies. Um, music in particular. Uh, Godzilla movies have generally have traditional scores with like big booming orchestras and. Really, really like audacious, like gaudy melodies where it's like a lot of military marches and stuff. It's like, it's great stuff. I love it. But it's so old fashioned that it doesn't really fit in movies to like in modern times. Um, There are some musical callbacks uh, to movies past and present. Uh, Like the original Godzilla March actually is in this fucking movie. And I cannot tell you how much that made me happy. (laughs) Um, When Godzilla first shows up and has his little skirmish with Ghidra. I was like fucking yes. <laughs> like cuz the music came with him and in Godzilla 2014 they didn't use any musical motifs from anything that had come before, which is very bold and the music in that movie is very good. Um but Mothra's theme, uh the the entirety of the melody like it's a song actually in the original like original Mothra movie. Uh, they only use the music for this one, but to have Mothra's theme accompany the character, I was like, you are doing it right. Good job. Uh, the score for this film was done by a gentleman by the name of Bear McCrary. Um, I know him as the composer of the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. Um, I know he's a very accomplished composer, but that's the only one that I've heard. And uh, I was mostly happy with the score for this, although it's a... Uh, it's exceedingly modern. Like, it, it sounds kind of generic, unfortunately. Like, a lot of... Dun, 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 like, a lot of... Mm. Dun, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Where yeah. It's, it's kind of middle-of-the-road kind of stuff. But uh, on the other end of the audio things was uh, uh, the cries of the monsters. And it's it's a little bit of a pet peeve. I mean, you've seen maybe one classic Godzilla movie. You know what they sound like. It's just mm-hmm. constantly. It's the same noise over and over and over again. It's, Every it's, single time. It's a little annoying, but you get used to it. It's In not even movies, an I Am Groot. It's literally the exact same noise. It is. 
somebody pressing the soundboard button over and over and over again <laughs> it's not a it's not a it's not a it's not a tumor <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like, <laughs> but uh the the cries of the monsters in this movie are again modernized where it's like we're we're tailoring each cry for each individual instance um and most of the monsters don't sound the way they traditionally do except godzilla and it, it it's a little annoying but it still sounds good it just sounds again a little bit more generic but the thing about Zhang Ziyi's character is that she this she teleported how the fuck did she get to China like wasn't she on the ship <laughs> yeah because she she's present she's present when when Mothra hatches oh really I didn't even know she was there yeah oh oh my god it just clicked it just clicked I did not know this she's two people she is playing two people. Fuck. Um, so there's a scene here, and I picked up on this, but I didn't, it didn't click in my mind that she, she was playing two people in this movie. Um, there's a scene, I can't remember where it comes in, but uh, basically she's looking at like family photos, and we see that she has multiple generations oh, yeah. in her yeah, family yeah, yeah. With, with twins. Um, and this is a reference to the original Mothra and every Mothra movie ever since. Holy they, shit. Yeah, she's playing Dr. Chin and Dr. Ling. It didn't click. Um, uh, but there's these characters, these two little tiny girls that are like the size of dolls. They're called the Shobijin. And they're the ones who are like con- psychically connected to Mothra and, and serve as like Mothra's human voice, basically. They've been in every Mothra movie ever. So it's a reference to that. So she's gotcha. playing. She's playing those characters, but instead of playing doll-sized fairy people, she's playing just Chinese, Chinese doctor lady. So that's how she's in two places at once. God damn. God, there we go. <laughs> but uh, I didn't like. She's her characterization is so limited that I never pieced it together. <laughs> and I didn't even notice if her hair was different. <laughs> um. So yeah, Mothra is supposed to. Mo- uh, Mothra flies over to Monarch's Bermuda facility, and um, they've located where Godzilla's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and they have to get into a sub. Now, this this threw me off, because we've been up in the sky, and they've been everywhere. I'm like, now they're in a fucking submarine? Okay, yeah, they fine. Have a, they have a deep-sea like oil rig facility. They have a giant flying wing. Yeah. They have ground troops. They have a, an, a, an entire army of osprey, so they have an aerial... A- air cavalry division <laughs> and they have a nuclear sub <laughs> okay <laughs> well they end up um they end up going through um uh this supposed tunnel that uh eric was talking about earlier and he's he's um uh validated in his theories like fuck yes i told you this is what happens he's going uh into this tunnel and it's bringing them out someplace else. And they, they get to, to this other place, and it is um, a super ancient underwater city that's impossible. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> no, like, there's just no way this could ever happen in a million years. Uh, this defies. I'm, I mean, granted, we are defying science in this movie really easily. This square, makes square cube law, hundred <laughs> percent no sense. But w- anyway, we're just gonna go with it. It's yeah. a enormous. It's like Atlantic Atlantis times a thousand. Like it's enormous, and they get into this uh, bubble, and Eric's like, um, 
Yeah, so we're getting close to some serious radiation, so this is as far as we're going to be able to go, and they've got these little underwater uh, drones that, the drones that can go underwater and in uh, like above, it can go in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, we're going to send these in, and like, oh look, we found Godzilla, he's like, he's chilling in this air air pocket, basically, it's an enormous air pocket, but he's chilling up there, they can tell he's sleeping, and they're like, well, it looks like... Like, is he recuperating? And Ken Watanabe's like, yeah, but it could be years before he's ready to go. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to send a nuclear bomb in there to get him juiced back up. Captain tells him, like, yeah, it's not going to happen, bro. We can't. He's just like, we lost. We, we can't do that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, and they're like, all right, well, what's going to have to happen is is we're going to have to take. Someone's going to have to manually go in and bring this nuke in there and set it off in front of him. But. You go in there, you're not coming back. And Kim Watanabe is like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, well, obviously, you're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. You're I like how nobody it. else like tried to volunteer. They're just they, like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> well, he didn't give anybody a chance. And then they're like, no. And he's like, we don't have time to. Dis-. Like, he's literally like, we do not have time to discuss this. Well, he, I'm has just a, gonna- he has a prop from the previous movie that he, he whips out a couple times in this movie. And it's kind of supposed to be like a poignant moment, I guess. Uh, he has a, a watch. I guess was his dad's or something that uh, his I forget if it was his dad or his grandpa I think it was his dad was killed at Hiroshima so the watch belonged to his dad and uh, the watch is forever stopped at the time that the bomb went off so it's like his totem that's like to remind him and the rest of the world of the horrors of nuclear weaponry and mm-hmm. stuff so he like whips it out and he's like well dad got killed by a nuke I guess I'm gonna Go die by a nuke too. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's dark. <laughs> um, yeah, he he takes it in there and it's walks a pretty up there. dramatic sequence, actually. It's not bad. It's not bad. He there's, he goes. There's a lot I of mean, gravitas here. I mean, if you just don't think about where he is, he's yeah. in the Earth's core. <laughs> he's in the Earth's core with a giant monster who's sleeping. But he goes up, and Godzilla <laughs> kind of sees him. He gives him a nice touch and. Nuclear explosion goes off, and it yeah. sends this. It, it sends the submarine back through the wormhole, the 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 core hole, and it shoots them. This is where I'm like, um, the submarine no. popping up. I'm like, you, everybody, pressure. And, <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> you ever seen all, the abyss? <laughs> all of you are gonna have the bins. One hundred percent. You're all gonna. You're all gonna die. Yeah. Two, the new the the submarine comes like above the water a good twenty feet and plops back down. I'm like, everybody on there has broken bones and concussions, oh, and yeah. they're about to die. Yeah. But it's fine. This oh, is yeah. this is and a, you're this is all monster. sterile, by the way, because you know if you if you're if your Geiger counter or whatever is freaking the fuck out, you're already too close. <laughs> yeah, like, you're already too close. <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah, Doctor Ken goes out like petting Godzilla on the nose. Uh, he says in Japanese, I think, uh, was it Saraba Tomoyo or something like that? Like, goodbye, my friend. And uh, I noticed uh, Zhang Ziyi actually says some things in Chinese, but it's never subtitled. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? I did. She said, she said some stuff. And it, I'm like, oh, interesting. And baseball she dad didn't get it. So. <laughs> I think Japanese, I think uh, Kim Watanabe says some Japanese stuff. On- well, I didn't catch any of it. Yeah, he, his, his final words are in Japanese. That's about it. But her, they don't, they, she follows hers up with a translation. I just can't remember what she said. 
because baseball dad's the only one listening, and of course he doesn't understand Mandarin. So I think at one point she says something in Chinese, she, in Mandarin, or I'm not sure, but she says it, and then but she she just kind of has like a thought, but then she doesn't. Tra- I don't think she was translating what she was saying. She had a thought, and then she starts explaining. So I think it was something for. Um, she should have looked directly into the camera and like winked or something. <laughs> it's like that, that. That's for the intended audience. <laughs> um. So yeah, we uh, the, the, the undersea. Which okay, so uh, Godzilla the, gets his grand rebirth. Yeah, he gets his he gets his grand rebirth. So it's another um, trailer shot. It's a pretty good shot where him standing in the middle of the ocean, breathing fire into the heavens. Yeah, that's what got me. That was the trailer shot that got me. I'm like, okay, this is it's, gonna be. It's beautiful. Like, it's a great it, shot. It really is beautiful, especially like the like the sea spray coming down because of you know the everything that came out of the ocean with his rising and stuff oh, the weird mention- thing that comes after is when he he stares down kyle chandler he stares down kyle chandler he's also standing and then just starts swimming again i'm like how what was he standing on and Maybe his, how sh- it's like a duck you know it's like his little legs are like just freaking the fuck out there. under the surface <laughs> he's just oh, like can't he's see it. oh he's just bobbing that maybe that's what it is yeah, it just takes longer for him to bob um so he uh, okay, yeah. So he's reborn. So we forgot to mention that um, they're in Boston. They're so Charles Dance and Vera Farmiga. Their whole group is in Boston in a bunker, and that was the whole thing. Was that Monarch had all these bunkers set up around the world so that there was a safe zone for um, a certain amount of people, mm-hmm. and that was the plan from the beginning for the eco terrorists. Like we're going to set this off. Population is going to die down. We're going to repopulate it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vera Farmiga's like, well, we're letting out all these monsters. This wasn't supposed to happen. So why don't I go? Like, we need to bring it back. And he's like, no, you're going to give away our position. If we give away our position, we're fucked. And she's like, well, if I go to the stadium, if I go to Fenway Park, and um, is she from Boston? Because this is the second movie where she's in Boston that I've seen. Maybe she it, is. Because, yeah, I, that that was not lost on me. Uh, she's like, if I go to Fenway Park and I, I'll get the fucking monster to come back here, maybe we can get it to, like... I don't know what her plan is, but it involves going to Fenway Park and calling um, all the monsters back over. Um, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown is in her own little office, and she's listening to the whole thing. Yeah. And um, she looks on her iPad, which has their whole family, and apparently still a Wi-Fi signal. I, I know, know, fucking where, for real. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from, but she's got Wi-Fi. Um, and she, you can tell, I, you already know what she's going to do next. She, like, she's obviously going to take the Orca machine, go to the stadium, and... Uh, and she, Again, the, the single most important device in this, you know, eco-terrorism encampment uh, is unattended. Not- Right, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, this is the most important <laughs> instrument for everyone's survival, and it's just chilling. Yeah. Um, I like her gathering up the supplies. She gets like the water, she gets the flashlight and everything. And it felt very she, Home Alone-esque. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, they're literally like, they're walking distance to uh, Fenway Park. She gets out of there, and um, I do like how <laughs> they come back into the room and like, uh, yeah, we have a problem. The box is gone. Where's your daughter? Like, yeah. I wonder who could have fucking done that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, why does Charles Dance not shoot her in the head right now? I know. Now? The whole time, like, I, I told you via text, I was like, when is he going to go full evil? Like, He doesn't. Would be, if, if I was in his shoes, it's like, you have full license to go full evil whenever the fuck you feel like it. You have we, it. 
you have an evil James Bond villain army at your command. When you see somebody who play always plays a good villain and you don't let them be that, yeah. that's a problem. You're, you're, no, you're getting la- excited for nothing. Later in the movie, even, like when when he discovers the box is gone and Vera Farmiga is like, oh, I'm going to go after the box, he lets her. Yeah. yeah he's <laughs> like, Absolutely not. And she just pulls out a gun. He's just like, okay. That's it. Yeah, and like, he you know, lets he, her leave. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, you have a gun on me. They're surrounding you. They can hit you in the back of the head, and I'll just just duck real quick. <laughs> You're not going to get me. Um, so, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown. It, Boston is falling apart. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, see the I, hell? It's, it's, uh, it is they chaos. Do the, uh, they do the Avengers thing where uh, they make sure to drop plenty of hints here and there that uh, – like lines of dialogue sprinkled throughout the scene where it's Boston has been evacuated. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see footage of, you know, people being evacuated from the city. So the idea here is that Millie Bobby Brown is not being evil, summoning all the monsters to Boston. This is just like the battleground. And now it's empty. There's no people. So nobody's going to die. A lot of buildings are going to go down. No people. But, but yeah, she turns on the orca. And sure enough, Yidra shows up, brings his storm front and, pretty dramatic arrival <laughs> like yeah. like like you said the whole fucking town gets torn to shit just by the wind and the and the rain and shit uh let alone the giant fucking dragon at fenway yeah um <laughs> and then we get a, a kind of a silly sequence where Ghidra's trace like chasing Millie Bobber brown like chasing yeah. a small little little girl through a through a fucking fenway park and it's like I- no, you don't live through no. that. <laughs> no. uh, I have a, a note on here, just like Jon Snow, um, in um, a really cool battle in this last season. Jon mm. Snow's about to get eaten by uh, a White Walker dragon, and he's about to die. He just goes, ah, and screams at it. And that's exactly what Millie Bobby Brown does in this. She just yeah. screams at the dragon right before she's going to get hit. But something something comes up. Uh, is Godzilla. It Godzilla, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, well, I couldn't it's remember another... If, it's another callback to yet. many other Godzilla movies, where uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla again, um, Godzilla's major entrance for the climax of Terror of Mechagodzilla is actually like two little kids are are like in the middle of the evacuation of Tokyo, and instead of running with the crowd, they like sneak back into an mm-hmm. alley and they're gonna, they're like watching the monsters because they're stupid fucking shot. kids. It looks terrible, but. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, right before they can get stepped on, though, Godzilla steps into the frame and is like, Motherfucker, don't touch them! <laughs> like, these are my kids! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Godzilla breathes fire on Ghidra, and then we get this really amazing shot of Godzilla stepping into Boston with the, um, the military behind him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, by yeah, the way, not- uh, we, f- we forgot to mention that Washington, D.C. gets utterly devastated. Oh, it is underwater. Um it's off screen like it all happens off screen for the most part but basically Ghidra and Rodan uh, show up in Washington DC Monarch tries to fight them um, and then the very next we cut away from that and then we cut back and Washington DC is underwater and the entire US Navy is underwater is like we, leveled we completely forgot to mention all the other monsters that are awakened and they're destroying their respective cities so all yeah. 17 of these monsters are all over the world just clumsily just destroying cities there's a yeah. i don't know what all of them are i'm sure you do but no if actually these are all unique to this film. okay interesting all right um so no i King have Kong. no emotional attachment to any of them <laughs> okay 
So yeah, they just they just come up, but yeah, that's happening right now. But it seems as though they're all headed this way. Um, yeah. This this siren has set off every one of them coming to Fenway Park. Uh, I had a I had a uh, this is what I was thinking of uh, Cerebus. Um, I'm, I was imagining um, like two people from Boston like like just stay behind like like the two kids except they're like at their apartment with binoculars like yeah they got the fucking helicopter oh shit. That fucking Cerebus thing. It just ripped up the Dunkin' Donuts sign off Fenway. Motherfucker. Oh, oh god damn it. Oh, man. It's like the animal in Godzilla. Oh, they destroyed the god. Now I'm pissed. Same thing. I mean, if this movie had been made in the 90s, I'm sure they would have done that. Like, make it more regional, I guess. Yeah, hey, would you fucking don't like Dunkin'? You don't like donuts, you motherfucker? Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, if you're playing to an international audience... People in China don't give a shit about Boston accents and shit like that. For um, my new my new job, I keep getting people from New York. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to New York. They're they're the worst customers. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They're awful. Um, um, but yeah, big fight ensues. Um, it's for the most part, it's uh, Godzilla and Ghidra having their rematch. Uh, again. The editing of the monster battles in this movie is very, very, very frustrating. Um, as beautiful as some of the imagery is, especially in terms of like color palette, one thing that I found intensely distracting was the fact that we get like a few seconds of footage of the monsters fighting and then cut to humans. And then back to the monsters and then cut to humans. It's like, fucking focus! Like, just give me one <laughs> or the other. Like... Really, I, especially when it's cut to fucking Kyle Chandler. It's like, mm. I'm sorry. I cannot be bothered to care. No. Uh, just let me watch Godzilla do his fucking thing. It's not hard. <laughs> just let the wrestlers wrestle. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a it's a pretty well-choreographed fight for the most part. Um, I forget when it happens, but Rodan also shows up. No. Uh, as does Mothra. Um, yes, and Moth- it become Yeah, it becomes like not quite a tag team fight because somebody dropped the ball here uh, there, need, this is there needed to be there needed to be an exchange of partners at some point Ma- yeah mothra shows up first to help godzilla mm. like she's like <laughs> and like, she starts to help but then right when you're like oh fuck yeah they're gonna take him down that's when rodon uh rodon comes in and is like yeah. fuck you bitch and they they go at it they, they have, have a their fight. aerial tussle but yeah what i wanted to see was switching dance partners you know like mothra tussles with Ghidra for a bit mm-hmm. rodan tussles with godzilla for a bit i don't think rodan even really touches godzilla like it's just no they're um, kind of they're kind of split off and they do their own thing and rodan and mothra don't get much screen time no it needs to be said the design of mothra who is finally shown to us in it's all adorable glory, it's it's cute <laughs> like, very uh, cute it, um it's so cute it, he ends, uh, Mothra ends up killing Rodan, and it is adorable how he kills. <laughs> it it was so cute. Well, he uh, doesn't kill him, but in the moment he you think him. He, you think no, he's, he kills him. No, he comes back at the end of the movie. Oh of. yeah, he comes back. Okay, well, <laughs> but he, you, in the moment, yeah, you think he's dead. Assault with a deadly weapon. Okay. He, <laughs> he but it's so cute. He like stings him, and then he like kind of falls down, and Mothra's kind of got like this like oh not cute. <laughs> That little thing down there, did you? Ooh. You lascivious little minx. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Mothra is like, they do a good job of 
doing what they've done in previous designs where they it's not strictly a moth it's like it's some sort of hybrid where yeah in the original film it, it was a fucking moth a fucking it was a moth, moth butterfly yeah. but in recent was years like in 2000 in 2002 it was like a wasp and a moth and a butterfly all put together and this one kind of follows that trend in fact it almost says like praying mantis arms so its legs are longer and more aggressive so it looks more combat ready than it I did mean, before yeah you gotta you kind of have to like okay so you have a giant moth and a giant bird uh my money's on the bird like well, no no, yeah, the no moth, fucking kidding <laughs> the, the moth has got kind of a caterpillar body a little bit it also has some as a stinger and it's got some arms a little bit I'm like okay i mean it's a fucking moth you sneeze on them and their wings break <laughs> yeah, man, if you look at it wrong it'll fall like it's, yeah. yeah no i mean it's it's almost tradition that mothra has to die in every movie like it's it's a thing. Like a, a big a big part of it, I think is Japanese culture where the moths. I think everybody is, hates moths. Everybody hates moths. It has everybody to does hate moths. They have that bad habit of flying up in your face. Whereas most insects like stay away from you. Moths always want to get up in your business. See, they don't bother me if they're in the house. The problem is, is I have dogs, and one of them really really latches on to bugs <laughs> and really pays attention to them oh, wherever fixates. they are. Yeah. yeah. So wherever it's at, she's like. Phew. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard paws scratching on hardwood floor every time they move quickly. It sounds great, especially when you have downstairs neighbors. So oh. I'm with the Japanese in killing the moth. <laughs> so I think the intention of of having Mothra always die is it's symbolic of like just almost like a Buddhist cycle of everything. Everything's only transient. Everything dies at some point, but yeah. it comes back in some form. So Mothra has this cycle of constantly dying and coming back. So like the first time Godzilla and Mothra fought, uh, Mothra in moth form fought Godzilla because Godzilla was trying to eat her egg, which had larva in it. And the moth gets killed, but the larva hatches, and there's two of them. Uh, so it's in the same movie we get to see Mothra die, but then come back in another form. Um, and in this one, I was like, as soon as Mothra showed up, I was like, they're so dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel I feel like Vera Farmiga's character, we haven't talked about her in a while because we're talking about the monster fight, but I had a note in here, and mm. it just reminded me, I'm like, she's kind of like playing chess, and she just sees like, oh man, I, I've got the one move, and then you didn't realize that the other two raptors, were, you didn't even know where they were there. Like, she's just like, oh fuck, like you've got... Yeah, you've got all these other moves that can happen. And she's like, oh, no. We didn't realize this was going to happen. I'm like, uh, didn't see that backfiring, huh? <laughs> ironclad <laughs> plan there. Just let, just let chaos reign. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but well, well, I digress. Like I said, she insisted. She's coming her, up here. She insisted her daughter was going to be fine because she taught her judo or something. That's not the point. Like this, <laughs> like this is nothing to do with and, your daughter. And again, like the the motivation behind it all is like so. So you doomed humanity because your son died of like not natural causes, but because some animals came to your town. So in that case, she would actually sympathize. Like she would actually be proud of Godzilla's. Like yeah, overpopulation. Him. Or his, yeah. Yeah. But she's I, not. It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Makes anyway. No sense. Anyway, yeah. Rodan and Mothra, they have their scuffle. Uh, it looks like Mothra is about to go down for the count, but then uh, yeah. gets a Rodan gets a stinger through the... She dick stabs him, like, yeah. Yeah, dick stabs him through like the shoulder or something. It's the shoulder. So, I even I noted that, too. I'm like, oh, he's dead, but I'm like, it's through the shoulder. He's going to well, come his, back. His body language suggests that he's down. 
but um, it was but he comes it was, back. It was a shoulder shot. You and I have well, seen enough action movies to know if it's in the peck, you're fine. If it's the top part of the peck, you're fine. You can walk away from that. Oh yeah, no problem, man. It's a flesh wound. Just need to do the gunpowder <sighs> trick, and you're fine. You know, the worst. It. I think the worst about that shot would be the, uh, it shooting the bones here in the back. Oh, I would be so pissed. That would hurt so much. Well, imagine if you're a winged creature too. It's like you're, Oof. You're, you're not meant to be Mother grounded. Fucker! <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to rehab for this shit. <laughs> nope, I'm out. I'm out for the season. That's my season. <laughs> Speaking of seasons, Kevin Durant's out. Um, oh, what? Uh, Raptors, Raptors no, play. No, I, know who, I know who Kevin Durant is. But yeah, he busted that. Achilles. His Achilles was fine. He made it 12 minutes into the game, and like, nope, it's he's done for the season. Possibly next season. That's big. Yeah, because he's. Wow. I think he's about to be a free agent. So that's. Yeah, that's a wow. big one. Yeah. I thought he was younger. He's like 30 or 31. I I thought he was much younger. Uh, so um, I'm sorry, but anyway. So, so we, uh, back on track. Uh, Godzilla, here. Godzilla, and Ghidra are fighting. Uh, we get a nice beat here where I think uh, Ghidra bites like a power station, and yeah, that's really gets, bitching. Goes Ghidra for a second. Yeah, he gets juiced yeah. for a second, and uh, he shoots lightning into the air. Oh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned Godzilla. Like Ghidra breathes fucking yellow lightning. It's bitching. Uh, or or this, gravi- gravity beams, depending on whatever interpretation. I thought it worked in this movie. It, some, it, sometimes it looks like a cartoon at point. Like, there's certain shots from the Alex County cartoon. This point, it looks bitching. Well, it, like, the he, color coding, <laughs> it, like, the color palette of this movie is they really... Somebody cared a lot about that because the color motifs from monster to monster are very strong. Godzilla's very blue, much. Mothra's, like, greenish, Ghidra's gold and yellow, Rodan's red. So... We do have to mention something about Godzilla. So now Godzilla is about to super juice himself. He's about to when he, oh, he's this, gonna yeah this this yeah he so there's a there's a ticking clock here in this fight. Yes, yeah. uh, introduced by Eric, uh, he explains to us that hey that nuke that went off, it made him it woke him up, but it super juiced him. He's got the super devil juice in him now. So we got only a few minutes before he melts the fuck down. Yeah. And takes all of us with him, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's basically um, going to be, and he's a walking nuclear bomb. Yeah, uh, this is actually something lifted directly from uh, Godzilla nineteen ninety five, Godzilla versus Destoroyah. Um, the entire plot of that movie, from start to finish, is Godzilla's overheating, and we humanity need to find a way to stop him from melting down, because if he does, he's going to take the entire planet with us. Um, so as soon as this came up, I was like, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, while he's fighting Ghidra, there's this ticking clock in the background. Um, but I think this is about the time that we cut back to the Americans, the American family in Boston. Well, they, they go find, they think they find 11. They find her. They find the... I think they find the orca, but they can't find her. And then Kyle Chandler or Vera Farmiga, one of them, remembers that, oh, home. She went, yeah. Oh, home. She's like, she stops the car. She's like, what did you say? She said she went home. Like, you don't. I hate that in movies where they, like, stop them and they're like, wait, what did you say? I, I get what you're trying to go for. Like, this, you- this was this was a Kevin moment. This this was this was Kevin McAllister going to oh, the yeah. largest Christmas tree in town. Yeah, it is, it is exactly that. Uh, <laughs> that was so fucking stupid. They Especially their-, their conversation in the car. Yeah, where it's like 
Never mind the fact that your your ex wife or whatever doomed humanity. Yeah, like you're you're now talking like you're like she's your ex wife and not like a genocidal maniac. And you're uh, yeah. and, is she driving? By the way, she's driving. Oh uh, yeah. fuck! Why would Absolutely you let her drive? Not. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> she's made so many bad decisions. Uh, so. Yeah, she's driving. They go find Eleven, and they find her. Like the house is demolished. Like it's it's completely down. But they they walk through to try to find her, and they just see this hand sticking out, and it's clammy. I'm like, she's not dead. Uh, but they go. <laughs> this was the weirdest weirdest thing in the movie. They get her. She was in the tub, and they get her, and they start to revive her, and she wasn't. She's not breathing, and she's like, <gasps> she comes back to him like. She didn't drown. Why, why was she not breathing? Like, was she knocked unconscious? Then she would just kind of slowly come out of it. Like, yeah, she, yeah she would lull awake. Yeah. She was she was not breathing. It was really weird. I, I don't yeah. understand what happened to her. I um, think it was just somebody decided there needed to be more drama in the moment, and they just went with that. And that was stupid. It didn't stupid. make sense, but whatever. Bad decision. Bad decision. Um, but we're, we're, we're uh, winding up to... We, we have to get... Uh, Mothra ends up sacrificing herself for Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla goes down for the count apparently, and he's he's doing the sleepy dog thing where he's just kind of laying in a heap in the city, and it looks like Ghidra's pretty much put him down. In fact, I think at this point Ghidra's just kind of like toying with him a bit, like yeah, fucking with him while he's down. And yeah, Mothra does the thing where uh, she perches up on Godzilla. And by the way, it's mentioned earlier in the film by Zhang Zi that uh, there's potentially a symbiotic relationship between the moth and the big lizard uh i don't know why they bothered to throw that out there but they do uh and mothra makes a blind charge at ghidra uh gets blasted to high heaven <laughs> and turns into like fairy dust Fair, yeah. fairy dust fairy, fairy dust, dust. <laughs> and uh sprinkles on it's a God, yeah yeah fairy dust fairy dust <laughs> um and yeah she sprinkles her, like her fairy dust <laughs> sprinkles onto Godzilla. Um, th- yeah, I, I mean, just... in the old movies, Mothra's secret weapon was always uh, poison powder that would come out of her wings, uh, but they did away with that in recent years, and now it seems like it's fairy dust. Yeah. Um, so it sprinkles onto Godzilla. We can tell that it's significant in some fashion, but doesn't come into play for another few minutes. Um, and then we're trying to, we cut back to our peoples, and they're trying to escape the city, escape the chaos. So, uh, we take the, the, hum, the Humvee, and I think we're headed to an Osprey that's somehow still intact in the city. And uh, they have Eleven, they, they have Stranger Things with them, and uh, Vera Farmiga has the Orca cradled in her arms. And as she's making a run for the Osprey, uh, it looks like she's not going to make it. She looks directly at her child who is safely on the osprey and decides to run away with the orca and hop and pop back into the humvee her daughter that she has already suffered a traumatic experience with losing her her brother her son um she's also put her through the ordeal of dealing with mothra down there um Mm -hmm. not only the scary part of controlling mothra but of shoot like setting um setting the ice uh, setting zero free basically nearly killing her with ice uh traumatizing her <laughs> and then she's been keeping her cooped up and having to realize that she's crazy she's like i put her through quite a bit she looks at her dead in the eye before she goes to sacrifice herself just looks at her 
and then just runs off. So she, the point is they're going to take the orca to distract um, Zero enough time to get like Godzilla juice back up, like let exactly. him revive. Yeah, it's it's her, it's how she's supposed to redeem herself. And like, like we mentioned we said, before, yeah, this is not how a character like this deserves to die. This she should be in prison. Like this is a huge problem. Um, so now she's traumatizing her daughter further. Probably, I mean, it's you can just see like, uh, what's his face, uh, um, Kyle Chandler. He's just looking at like the all the ass he's gonna get from single moms or like, being a single dad he's just like bye honey i'm gonna be single like, dad I'm, did i tell you i'm friends with godzilla <laughs> i'm like, going to clean up <laughs> clean up uh, no, i mean like, the the only way i think you could have this character vera formiga um redeem herself is if they did something like she and charlie dance kill each other yeah like she sacrifices herself to take him out or something, and even then, still wouldn't be forgiven. But it's like you know, she just having her understand that she did wrong and then eat shit. <laughs> she should have to live with like she should have to live with this. That's what that's what her problem should be because she realizes what she did was wrong, mm-hmm. and she should have to she'd have to suffer those consequences. Nope, she gets to die. She doesn't have to deal with she doesn't have to deal with any of this. She gets off scot free. Yeah, so we get this big dramatic sequence where Ghidra's chasing her while she's driving a Humvee um, and then Humvee gets flipped the fuck over uh, she doesn't die on impact um, that's fine I think she's, she's gonna die I think her last words are long live the king she uh, says long live the king which doesn't make any fucking sense it's uh, not the first time it's, yeah, it's not the first time it's said in the movie but I think it's in reference to Godzilla who presumably yeah. she has forgiven I guess although it never seemed like she was terribly upset with him no um Anyway, uh, Ghidra's about to, like, kill her, basically, and then turns out, ah, Godzilla's awake, and Godzilla's behind the Monster Zero, and now he's red Godzilla, yeah. um, and he's stinky. <laughs> yeah, he's he's melting everything in his path. Uh, it's pretty fucking impressive looking. Pretty awesome. Now, that, um, that first shockwave that puts Ghidra on his ass was like, whoa! <laughs> like, um, yeah, uh, at this point, uh, Godzilla is flaming red he's like molten godzilla um this is don't don't spoil it for the people let at least let them just tell them what you thought about it but don't spoil don't spoil the death okay well anyway uh molten godzilla would be a reference again to the 1995 movie okay. uh, and he and ghidra have one last scuffle it's pretty fucking savage like I, I don't bitchin'. i think that's yeah bitchin savage it's it's like akin to like a one punch knockout where it's just like oh bam oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like mm. oh he oh he fell on his face yeah. <laughs> like don't yeah. count just don't count <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, it's pretty spectacular yeah. made made my inner child very 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 happy bitching um, so yeah uh, all the fighting's done uh, and then. We get a monster reunion. It's yeah. the pride. It's Pride Rock. Yeah, all, the, all the Titans. All the Titans come to pay tribute uh, to to Godzilla. He's just he's standing there, and everybody just comes around. They're just like giving him the head nod. Like yeah, it's the uh, circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> they all kiss the ring and he bow roars. down, bitch. Yeah. yeah, he roars to the heavens, and I think credits. 
Yeah, we get credits. I was actually I I I'm the only one that left the theater. Every single person that was in the theater stayed because they're like, "There's a stinger." Like they already heard from everybody. I'm like, guys, I don't give a shit about the stinger. I'll read about it later. Uh, It's it's probably just Marvel movie syndrome where it's like your ass is trained to hang out for a few minutes longer. I those are the only movies I'll stay or was specifically Marvel movies. Any other movie, I'm not staying till the end. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't get into the stinger on the air but i'll tell you afterwards i guess okay unless you want me to i don't care i mean i've I, i've i've read it it's oh, okay damn. never mind then. uh but yeah there is a stinger after the credits for you folks that might be curious um but yeah uh that was godzilla king of the monsters again there wasn't really much mention of king kong so this is not this doesn't exactly set the ball proper for the spike that's supposed to be godzilla versus king kong um there's what i'm trying to say is like they don't leave many breadcrumbs so you can't really see where the story would go from here you kind of you it's just kind of hanging out there you're just like oh okay well that was a story i don't know where they go from here um presumably godzilla becomes a naughty king or something (laughs) and and king kong has to go beat his ass because i mean the way the way I have to look at things realistically is in the original Godzilla versus King Kong from 1962, uh, Godzilla was largely framed as the antagonist. Uh, he was kind of a bully. <laughs> it was kind of funny actually, and King Kong was like the underdog who loses most of the fights they have up until the very end, and then he gets his big comeback moment. He gets his Rocky Balboa moment, but um, I think what what's going to drive the the story in a similar direction is uh the fact that king kong is a gorilla and Mm -hmm. i know far too many people that have the utmost like sympathy and empathy for primates just oh yeah they they have human features you know you you look at the two a reptile that happens to have similar facial features to that of a dog largely because the expressive qualities that they present and then a fucking gorilla it's like from an emotional standpoint, you can't help but identify with the gorilla, just because that's how humans are. Uh, Is Andy Serkis so going to play King Kong? <laughs> you know, I actually don't know who did the mocap for uh, the Kong from Skull Island, but it was not that was Andy Serkis. Well, I'm sure it was performance capture. I mean, yeah, I can see that. That's, that makes that's sense. the standard for the day. I mean, all, almost all the monsters in Godzilla King of the Monsters were performance captured. Oh, okay. um, but, but no, Andy Serkis was not featured in kong skull island so i don't know actually who did the mocap but i think that's what's gonna happen is that king kong is going to be our our hero monster and godzilla is somehow going to be a jerk in it or something (laughs) gotcha uh i i have no idea what's going to happen because like i said they didn't really lay any foundation for it it's just going to happen at some point but i mean you said you were going to buy the blu-ray for this one so i take it you enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed it i uh it's uh, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, it, I it kept my attention. It was it was fun. It was cool to look at. Um, it I like these movies because it it makes like this is the kind of job I want where I'm in I'm the special clearance job just in a computer in a room with a pot of coffee. You don't get to sleep. Like no 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 no. We don't sleep around here. Like it's it romantically I like the idea of it and it and that. That got me off. I got off on this one because uh, it, it, it hit those hit those hit those boxes. I got off to this like listening to wolves eat. 
Um, it needs to be said, we forgot, I, well, I didn't forget about her, but uh, Aisha Hines played the chief military officer in the Oh, film. yeah, she was she great. She was pretty I, fucking good. I completely forgot. She was really good. I forgot she to mention was, that. I, like, I want to say, like, I don't know if she actually is, like, ex-military or whatever, but she did it. Like, she, I believed she it. She has, I don't know, like, she has really good screen presence. You're Like, you're drawn to her whenever she's, when there's, I mean, people you know. And then I've never seen her before. I'm like, I was drawn to her. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't recognize her, but like she fit the role really well. Like Very anytime well. people needed to be mobilized, it was always her issuing the orders. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I hope she's in the next one. No, I was pretty impressed with her. And same with uh, Ice Cube's son. Like he didn't yeah. have much to do, but he was pretty cool. But He was good. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this movie for the most part. Some of the editing quirks were a little obnoxious at times. I, I wish they could like hold on the action just a little bit longer, you know, just give it the respect that it deserves. Um, more than that, though, I, I wish Godzilla had more more time to be expressive and just kind of just kind of be, because they did that really well in Godzilla 2014, where he has some moments where. He, like you said, he doesn't really acknowledge humanity very often in that movie, if ever. Hmm. Like, he has, like, a a dead stare at a- Aaron Taylor Johnson when he's half-conscious, half-conscious, rather. Yeah. And he's, it's like, you can tell he's just staring through him. It's like an animal stare. And it was really effective. And, and like, the way he exits the city at the end of Godzilla 2014, um, by the way, that closing shot is perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Like, you cannot end a Godzilla movie better than that. He just goes into the ocean like nothing happened. So this um, is this is better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, especially based on my feelings towards the promotion. I just wish it pumped the brakes a couple of times and just kind of let, let, the, let the monsters be characters rather than set pieces, I guess. Well, I think like, this is... I think it would have been cool to, like, observe them a little bit, just behaving as animals rather than, like, ah, big big crazy action set pieces i think that this one was good and i think i i have a feeling it's going to be the best one of these movies personally i think mm. the next one i i'm going to definitely go see in the theater this is absolutely a movie you should go see in the theater don't wait for it to come out this is a this is an experience in the theater it's a lot more fun because the movies are grand spectacle exactly this is a this was a this is the movie and i'm sorry God, i'm sorry king kong king kong is the original blockbuster movie but yeah. that's yep. This is why you go to the theater to see something giant. So this is meant to be seen in the theater. I kind of wish I had seen it on IMAX. I mean, it could have been way. You know, more I, actually, the person I went with wanted to, but mm. we couldn't. We couldn't find a showtime like that accommodated both of our schedules. So it's like, damn. I might go back. I honestly might go back. Wow. <laughs> to watch it in IMAX. Wow. I, I feel like it, would, it, it would just be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, for me, just there's a couple of music cues in here that it was just like man this is this is what we go to the movies for is like i'd forgot to mention it when godzilla has his rebirth moment and he you know does the trailer shot breathing and mm-hmm. fire into the heavens when he leaves and goes off on his mission to go kick his ass like go beat up monster zero his fucking theme music kicks in. It's just like, fucking yes. <laughs> it's like i mean you need to understand like i I'm in my early 30s. I've been hearing this piece of music as like the spring into action music for the mm-hmm. entirety of my existence. And to hear it in a big budget movie in the theater, it's like, fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I had more fun with this. I had more fun watching this than Endgame. 
Um, not more fun than John Wick, but I think that this movie um, was more it was more engaging for me than John Wick three because I mean John Wick character characteristic soggy midsection, but this this kept it for the most part. I think this was the most fun I've seen in in this year twenty nineteen so far. Okay, high high praise coming from Mr. Kyle. Um, That's high praise. So yeah, I think we're about wrapped up here. But yeah. uh, thank you for joining us as we caught up on Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Again, directed by Mr. Michael Doherty. Uh, did a pretty good job doing his like first, I think, blockbuster film. Krampus mm-hmm. is a you know mid-range, you know, horror film. But this is like a an earnest blockbuster. And uh, yeah. I'm excited to see where things go from here. But, yeah, Yeah. uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Catch you next time. See ya.